Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 23 of the Never Split Up podcast. My name's Nolan. I'm here with Anthony. And this week, we have a very special episode. How are you doing today, Anthony? I'm good. How's it going? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, do you want to announce what we're doing this week and bring in our special guest? This is our first special guest episode. Yeah, so this is a cool episode. We are covering the 2000 supernatural horror suspense thriller, What Lies Beneath. And we are bringing in my sister, Justina, to guest on this episode because uh, she says she wanted to cover this movie. So this is our first guest episode. It'll be very cool. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's bring her in. How you doing, Justina? <laughs> <laughs> I am good. How are you guys? I'm excited to be here. Yep. Doing good, oh, and doing if good. I say if I say a uh, peen throughout this episode, yeah. viewers, it's because I call her peen. That's my nickname. So don't be like, "What the hell is he on?" That's just what I call her. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Nolan will do it too. So <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. As our viewers know, that uh, listeners know, me and Aunt kind of grew up together. So I spent a lot of time at Aunt's house. So I just picked up the nickname too. So peen, <laughs> aka Justina, has joined us. Um, you picked out this movie, right, Peen? Uh, this this movie is pretty important to you. Yeah, so I picked it out. I think I can kind of speak for both Anthony and I that it stuck with us through our childhood. I was only five when it was released, and uh, certain scenes, I'll say, really stuck with me and have I think molded me into the anxious human being that I am today. So <laughs> cool. It's now was a very this tension um, filled movie? Uh, give us a little bit of, uh, about like background about you. I know we obviously know why you're into horror. I mean, we have your brother on the podcast, but um, is this uh, what lies beneath like one of your earliest memories of horror or when you say it's stuck with you, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would say it's stuck with me because my favorite genre under horror, I would say is supernatural, more suspense and paranormal all in one. And that's what I feel like kind of molded me into my favorite genre. But what I will say, like Anthony has said in multiple episodes, our grandpa is the one that got us into horror. And Anthony has molded me into liking all forms of genres. And he kind of is able to explain and educate me on reasons behind certain things in these movies. Because sometimes I don't get that stuff. So. And she still loves Halloween and Scream. Don't worry, guys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll say Halloween is my number one, like, all time. But what I will you say... You and Nolan on the same page. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Let's not uh, get into another heated Scream debate, shall we? <laughs> we'll save that save for Save that time. for Scream 2. Maybe well, she wait. can come on for one Hold of the Scream on. sequels. Yeah. What I will say regarding Scream, because I did listen to that one, I'm not allowed to to listen or watch to any of your podcasts episodes that have to do with movies that I haven't seen but I watched all the scream ones and Nolan I do agree with you and Jackie um about scream 2 oh okay so, yeah okay but say so the scream 2 is not up there on love, your ranking either but what movie do you love in the know. scream franchise oh three three Good. okay okay <laughs> yeah so okay I, I respect yeah, that she, she texts me. I, I thought I was like, alone. I that. agree with Nolan. I don't. She's like, Scream Three is better than Scream Two. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's <laughs> I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. Cool. Oh, Have you seen Scream we'll Six? No. Oh, no. okay. So I'm gonna have the family over for a family night once that comes out, either on yeah. Paramount Plus or Blu-ray, to yeah. catch them up on that. Um, awesome. But this week, what has been? Yeah. Let, why don't we 
just get right into it. Do you want to go over the synopsis and stuff? And yeah, I'll give a little small synopsis. Cast? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> small cast. So uh, I'm going to go to IMDb to give their typical little, you know, log line. The wife of a university research scientist believes that her lakeside Vermont home is haunted by a ghost or that she is losing her mind. Ooh, that, that's a good, uh, I like that mm. synopsis. It doesn't give anything away. Um, yeah. It's directed by Robert Zemeckis. Uh, everyone knows him from Back to the Future, Forrest Gump. Um, I don't, uh, Castaway, you know, he's a Tom Hanks guy. Uh, in my opinion, I think in recent years, he really hasn't had much success. I don't think his career has been well in the recent years, but I do think his last great movie is this movie. Um, so yeah, he's our director. Um, it was a big budget for a horror thriller. It has, you know, it had a hefty budget because you have Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer, and pretty like, it's a beautiful looking movie. I mean, very mm -hmm. well made. Um, so yeah, it cost a hundred million to make this thing, which is crazy, but it wow. made, did make 300 million. So again, worth it. Horror always kills it. Um, yeah. So our main cast is Michelle Pfeiffer. She's the lead. Uh, we have, she's Claire Spencer. We have her husband played by Harrison Ford, uh, Norman Spencer. I know Nolan, you love Harrison from Star Wars. Uh, mm -hmm. we have anyone who likes horror, I'm sure has watched Dexter. So we have James Raymar. He's the neighbor. Um, we also have Miranda Otto, who plays his wife. Is she is Lord of the Rings, Nolan? Oh, yeah. She might be a Lord yep. of the Rings girl. Lord of the Rings. So yep. that's another. <laughs> hey, um, my favorite trilogy. And then we time. have who, if you have, I mean, we're going to do spoilers, but there's a supernatural aspect to this movie. So we have Amber Valletta, who plays Mary Elizabeth Frank. And she's uh, a very important aspect to this movie. So, yeah, small cast, but it's contained, but it's also kind of like grand at the same time. So I do appreciate that about this. But yeah, it came out in 2000. And it was a pretty big deal when it came out. So I'm excited to talk about it. Cool. Why, why don't we start with you? Because you just made a, I, before I forget, what do you mean by small but grand? What, do you want to So like, that? I mean small as in like, it doesn't, it's not like, you know, in a screen movie, you have like all these characters. You're following like literally pretty much the wife, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Claire, throughout the entire movie. It's really her story. Um but it just there's something about the movie you can tell there's like a lot of money put into it and there's like extravagant scenes and it's okay. it's uh okay yeah it's not like it wasn't made for five hundred thousand million dollars you know what I mean you could you can tell that they're like the first of all the house the Vermont lakeside it looks beautiful it's gorgeous um you can just tell there was a lot of care put into this and I you know kudos to the studio for putting this amount of money but behind you know. A horror movie a supernatural horror movie when you know sometimes a hundred million dollar movies are the big superhero movies these days so yeah kudos to them well i would also say for that time to get those two big wig actors and one for the two main roles you would have to at least have a decent script and a decent you know budget to get them oh. in right so yeah they got paid they definitely got paid yeah and uh it's not like today where even the A-listers are like, can we be in horror movies now? Horror movies are the end. You know, those were yeah. still the days where like horror was like frowned upon for an A-lister to be in. And we got these two megastars, which is yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'll go, I guess I'll go first with my overall thoughts, uh, get them out of the way. Uh, I'll give a disclaimer. This isn't my, I don't even know how to describe this. Maybe you can help me Ant. Um, this isn't my favorite subgenre. I know exactly um, what to say. It, uh, in terms of like the whole mystery thriller, uh, who did the crime? Is it 
the husband? Is it the neighbor? And we'll get into spoilers, so this is a spoiler warning right. um, for anyone who hasn't watched the movie. But um, Jackie likes these movies a lot, and uh, Jackie just watched the movie with me today. I watched okay. it last week for the episode and then uh, watched it with her today. She had never seen the movie, and oh, she well. liked it. She liked it a lot. I was like, Jackie, I think you'll like this movie because she likes these types of movies. Um, but they're not my favorite. Um, a more recent example is The Night House. Um, it's a great movie, but I just can't really love it because I don't love that subgenre. But it's okay. a fantastic movie um, regardless. But um, so I don't really I, – I pro- my score probably won't be as high as you guys, but I do appreciate um, how well it looks. The acting – Michelle Pfeiffer is incredible. Um, she really – I mean, like you said, it's so contained, so it's um, mostly her POV. I do, I do like some some techniques that they do. Real quick, um, it isn't her POV until it switches uh, for about like a half hour of the movie when um, it goes to Norman Spencer's POV, Harrison Ford, uh, towards the end of the movie, like right before the climax. And I I like that subtle technique that they do because it kind of puts your mind at ease a little bit about his character, if that makes sense. Um, because you're now through his, through his, at least at least it did for me. Because so, now you're you're in through his POV, so you're like, oh wow, she's actually he's actually trying to help his wife, and you know he's trying to investigate this and stuff. So it was it was a subtle little what technique that I liked. Oh yeah, well that's always in the back of your mind with these types of movies, oh, yeah. and yeah. I, maybe that's why I don't love these types of movies because you're always thinking about that. So it's really hard to just like sit back and really just enjoy the movie because you're trying to crack the code at all times. And maybe I don't like those mental gymnastics when watching a movie. I don't don't know. But uh, yeah, why don't we go? Who wants to go next? I I just want to comment. I'll comment on Nolan really quick because I actually, when I was watching the movie, I was thinking about you. Um, (laughs) I wrote in my notes. I wrote, I know that's weird, (laughs) but I wrote in my notes and I, because I remember on our villains episode when I brought up, uh norman bates for psycho yeah you said to my surprise that you weren't a big hitchcock guy and this is a very hitchcockian style movie so i Mm kind of had the feeling that it wasn't going to be as up your alley as ours because it's a it's a straightforward almost classical structure where you have the suspense the build-up the tension the mystery and the reveal so it's very kind of straightforward to build up but it's very hitchcock so I had a feeling that it wasn't going to be as up your alley from what you said on that episode because I was surprised that you weren't a huge Hitchcock guy. So that's what I just okay. wanted to comment on your – I had a feeling. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Pim, what's your thoughts on the movie overall? Well, my overall thoughts when I originally watched it, which was, what, 2000? You would say we watched it for the first time in 2000. Yeah, either 2000 right? or 2001 when it came out on VHS back in the day, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so – I mean, I just think overall it stood out to me because I feel like our family just in general, we're very paranormal in a way that we listen to things that are happening in our house, whether it be the lights flickering. So we already kind of just are bred into that kind of thought process. But then watching the movie, what stuck out to me is not only that, but also just the dramatic sequences that have to do with her, Michelle Pfeiffer, Claire, figuring out that her husband is who he is. The bathtub scene, obviously, I feel like I stuck out to me. That I think that's why I'm claustrophobic. I don't like being in bathtubs, whatever. But overall thought process now was about, what, four years ago, I met my now fiance and 
the first movie we ever watched together. I begged him to watch What Lies Beneath, unknowing. I had no idea that he hated scary movies or hated any suspenseful movies, but he said, sure, why not? I like this girl, so let me pretend to like this movie. And he said, just so you know, I'm not really into these movies. We get to the MEF scene on the computer, and I look at him, and he's not doing too well. He's white and pale. (laughs) And to your point, Nolan, he does not like the mental gymnastics. So then I have learned to never watch a scary movie with him again, and to this day, we have not. (laughs) Kills me. Kills me. Wow. Kills me. Yeah. Kills me. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Surprised he's accepted into the family. <laughs> I tricked him a couple times. I tricked him a couple times. I made him watch the lodge. We'll get to that on a different day. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he he doesn't. Whenever we put movies on at uh, our parents' house, he just goes into our kitchen essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Plays with the dogs. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's great. But yeah. How about you, Aunt? Okay, so I vividly remember the first time that we saw this because. I remember I was on my, actually, fittingly, I was on my Psycho kick, so I was making mom and dad rent the Psycho movies for me, so I got through Psycho 2, and I was like, oh, we gotta watch Psycho 3, we gotta watch Psycho 3, so I remember going to the video store, and they were like, we'll get Psycho 3, but there's this new movie that just came out on VHS called What Lies Beneath, and it had a lot of hype. They're like, I guarantee this movie will kind of be a little freakier than, you know, not your typical, but kind of like your typical slash. I'm like, all right, we'll watch both. So I remember... Watching Psycho 3, I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Like, It's an actual, sl- I don't know if you guys seen Psycho 3, but it's a full-on slasher movie. It's awesome. But then I watched What Lies Beneath. I'm like, oh, this is like a freaky, suspenseful like mystery. And I remember leaving What Lies Beneath and thinking about it for days rather than just watching Psycho 3 and being like, oh, that was a fun movie. So I also, I guess it must have been recency bias, but I pulled out my fifth grade yearbook. <laughs> And if you read under favorite movie, it says what lies beneath. So this movie definitely had a huge impact on me the first time I saw it. That's awesome. So, yeah, so I fucking love this movie, man. It is my favorite horror mixed with suspense, supernatural thriller of all time. I think Michelle Pfeiffer, it made me literally fall in love with her. I think it's her best performance along with obviously Catwoman and Batman Returns. I think she should have been nominated for awards. Yeah, this is an all this is an all-timer movie for me. I think the mystery is awesome. I think, like you said, uh, Anthony, uh, your fiance, he was just couldn't even handle the suspense and the buildup and the tension. So I think this movie did that expertly. And I, there's one scene that literally gets me still to this day when she's in the tub and she's, you know, after she's paralyzed, and she can't get out and she's uh, drowning. I'm like, this is my worst through. nightmare. This is my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And it gets me every time. Uh, Peen mentioned the tub scene when she looks over and sees the ghost. And the scene that actually I for- didn't forget, but it still gets me to jump is when uh, Harrison Ford, when he's going to take the necklace off her and he tilt her head mm-hmm. back and the face comes up. That That's an amazing jump scare. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm in love with this movie. It's an all-timer for me. So, yeah, I'm very excited to talk about this one. Yeah, and I could definitely see why you say that, uh, because this movie is so good at uh, all of that stuff. It's got the paranormal stuff. It's got the PTSD stuff. It's got the uh, did the husband do something stuff. It's got the mysterious neighbors. Um, I think of the first movie, like, you know, when she's 
uh, with the binoculars. I always think of my guilty pleasure movie, Disturbia. I love Disturbia. Yes. So I was Which is also that. like a rear window throwback. Yeah. 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 So uh, it's, it's got all of that in one and it, it blends it so um, awesomely, I guess. And it's so perfect, but it's just not my favorite subgenre, but I can see why people who love this type of, I guess, Hitchcockian style movie, you would describe it. Ant? Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, okay. Mis- Typical so maybe that's a better way to describe it. Yeah, I could see why this is uh, like number one for for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. What I um, what I will yeah. say too is I think the reason why like my fiance, for example, I think the reason why he was so freaked out is because kind of what you were saying, Nolan. It kind of blends all of those different topics into one. Like, did the husband have an affair? Am I going crazy as the wife overthinking it? the creepy neighbors that I'm thinking there's something going on there. It's more realistic in those aspects, but then they kind of twist it into a supernatural format as well, which makes it even more creepy for lack of a better term. Yeah. And a lot of times with these movies, I feel like the supernatural is more prevalent uh, in the first half of the movie and then it fades away, but it's there throughout and it's obviously there at the end and it's um, you're still questioning it, but it always proves itself throughout the movie. And I like that. That's a cool little touch. And this also does a uh, female empowerment without throwing it in your face. It's so subtle, but you can mm-hmm. tell that's really the theme. Like, obviously, this dude is gaslighting his wife, you know, throughout the whole movie. But it's not like spelled out to us. It's just like a it's just a concept of the movie. So, like, I, if this was made in twenty twenty three, there literally be someone saying, you know, "Yay, females, bad husband." You know, it's not like that. You know what I mean? It was very subtle. Which, again, as last week's episode. Um, we talked about us. I'm very much a fan of don't throw it in my face. Just, you know, give it, have it be part of the story, like naturally. And that, I think this mm-hmm. movie did that very well. Yeah. I, and I, I, I looked at the critics reviews, which is like, again, they did some of them loved it. Some of it didn't. I think the main takeaway from critics were like, they're like, all right, we've seen this before. I say, I guess if you want to do the movie, it's not something that hasn't been done before, but I do think that, credit to Robert Zemeckis it hasn't been done on the it's all everything that's done in this movie is done at an expert level it might have it, there might be cliches but he just you know I don't hate this term but he elevates it to be so good it's just you know mm-hmm. he's yeah. really great director and the acting's great it's just never been done on this level in my opinion so yeah yeah, yeah my- I love it I love it so would you say that this is the first movie, though, that it's more taken on to a paranormal aspect of it, where, like, the ghost is Not warning the, the wife? Because I was going to say, the messengers, well, stuff yeah, like that. That's also a remake to the messengers. Yeah. No, it's pro- but it's it's clever. Yeah, it's, I can't think off the top of my head what came before this, but, yeah, it's a clever twist because you don't know if the ghost is bad going to hurt her or help her, you know, until the end, obviously. And you don't know if he really just had an affair I mean, this is spoilers, right? We're in spoilers? Yeah. Okay, you don't know if he just had an affair with her and, you know, something happened or you don't know if he had... You, I mean, you don't know till he killed her until the end, really. You can question it the whole movie, but you really... I mean, the whole movie, you knew this guy was had, sleeping around, obviously. You had to know. But uh, you don't know, but the big reveal that he actually, you know, killed her until the end. So I just think he put gives us a lot of questions and that's what maybe also had Anthony on his edge because... He, you know, the whole movie, you're waiting to find out the answers. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. you're I mean, I'm anxious and I've seen the movie a bunch of times. So and yeah. I'm anxious every time I watch it. So, again, I think it was done expertly. Um, I think if you're a fan of 
horror suspense mysteries even if you like a good supernatural mystery you know i don't really think that you can go wrong with this one mm-hmm. so i think at least check it out if you are a fan of horror and mystery i would say 100 percent. and just real quick before we dive into the to the movie uh shout out to harrison ford my boy harrison ford i mean we're going to be talking about michelle pfeiffer rightfully so but he did a great job too as norman spencer he especially his switch at the end um to bad guy was really cool and I, he's got some acting chops in this movie too so oh, he does he doesn't him. get enough credit yeah. he's yeah. always like the typical block you know on the star wars indiana jones but he's a good actor he's yeah really well actor. i remember hating him after this movie yeah, for well, the rest so of my he did life job. yeah he did his job well in this movie he did his job so. well <laughs> yeah yes yeah, so right, awesome so let's dive in um i guess I'll, I'll start it by opening it up to you guys uh how do you feel overall about uh we talked a little bit before we started recording but i want to get your input on claire's character in general uh is she a smart character is she do you look at her as like a final girl is is she uh you know do you root for her throughout the movie like how do you how do you feel overall about her character and the the choices that she made throughout the movie uh i 100 percent sympathize with her from scene one and I love how the director, because when her daughter, uh, the beginning of the movie, you know, she's already on edge because her daughter's leaving for college. And I love the scene when they're packing up the car and the daughter's like, you know, are you going to be okay? We don't know about the accident the year before yet. She just, I, we just like, oh, she's going to ask me if you're going to be okay, then I'm leaving you. But there's more behind that. And then I love how Michelle Pfeiffer, she responds, she's like, yeah, like, I'll be fine. I'll be okay. I'll do it. But you don't know that there's more behind that yet. But yeah, I think that I think she's a smart character. And I love that by the end of the movie, she's complicated because she doesn't remember a lot because of the accident, obviously. So she's also has this trauma buried from the year before in her head. But it takes her the length of this movie to realize and remember what's actually going on. And I think that, yeah, I'm rooting. I don't I don't call her a final girl because I don't really call anyone in a supernatural horror movie a final girl. But uh, I think she's a great horror protagonist, and I'm literally rooting for her every step of the way. And anyone who sets her back, I'm like, oh, they got to fucking go. They got to kill him. <laughs> yeah, I love her in this movie. I think she's a, literally amazing. I literally fell in love with her, especially in that scene with the red dress okay. and the apple. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Love her. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But... I agree with you. I wouldn't call her a final girl, but I think anyone could probably sympathize, especially just as a female. I'm sure someone has gone through their lives thinking that they're crazy overthinking things. And I wouldn't call her smart in all of her decisions, but I would understand why she made some of those decisions within the movie. Um, I mean, she's a mom with her daughter leaving her, PTSD from the accident. Uh, going crazy from figuring out who her husband truly is and who that girl is that keeps coming up. So, I mean, I would probably do the same stuff that she did if I were in her situation. So, yeah, I agree. I think she's the a really good protagonist to have in the movie, but not final girl and not 100% smart, I would say. And on top of everyone, well, especially Harrison Ford, uh, Spencer, he's literally, like I said, he's gaslighting her the entire movie and telling her, like, everything she's saying isn't true. When he knows in the back of his head, some of the stuff she's bringing up with the MEF and certain things, you know, it, it, it she, adds you up. Know, right. Yeah. So, yeah, she's literally being told the whole movie, you know, you're making this up. You're going crazy when in reality she's remembering 
mm-hmm. what happened. Yeah. So. And I love that too, because most of the movie he is trying to downplay everything and I guess gaslight her, but he realizes towards the end. Um, and I, when I say uh, it's the same part where we switch to his POV, I think that it's not working. So he flips it and tries to like believe her that it's all happening and that the ghost is real. And he thinks that by telling her that he believes her and burning the hair, the lock of hair, that it'll just kind of put everything because he wants right. this episode to end as soon as possible because we know why he doesn't want her to remember the details of what happened before the accident. So, you know, he's trying to, like, how can I get this woman to, like, get off of this subject as fast as possible? And he realized gaslighting wasn't going to work. So he's like, all right, let me try to uh, gaslight her in another way by saying, oh, I believe you. I believe you. Let's get rid of this spirit. And hopefully it goes away. So, yeah, it's really, really cool in that regard, too. But uh, I-, I like her, too. Um, why don't why don't we talk about the beginning of the movie? Because the whole first act, it's like the whole uh, like there's something wrong with the neighbors going on. You know, we, we I love think, that. I love yeah, that. <laughs> I always think of the burbs when I <laughs> when I see yes. like beginnings of this movie. Uh, Jackie hasn't seen the burbs. I'm like dying to like get her to watch it. Have you ever seen? I that? mean, yes, of course, Tom Hanks. I haven't. No, ah, oh, it's a great no. comedy. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great one. It also but, uh, brings back, you know, Disturbia and like you said, Rear Window. From yeah. Very, uh, those, uh, even though Disturbia came out after this, but yes. Um, this is I my, um, yeah, I wanted to talk about this part of the movie because this is where I have the most gripes with Claire and I think she fucks up the most. Uh, is she too nosy, <laughs> Nolan? Is she too nosy? No, 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 I don't. <laughs> I mean, no, I think she's justified in, in all of that stuff, but I think, um, and maybe you can speak uh, on this as a woman's perspective, um, you know, because I'm a male, but she uh, doesn't have enough confidence in herself and what she saw and what she, you know, she never calls the cops on any of this stuff. That's super sketchy. Like, you know, seeing that woman in the water and then seeing the body bag in the trunk, like, like all that stuff. Like, we can just talk about all that stuff right now because it's, it's a lot. And she just lets... Uh, Norman kind of talk her down and I'm like wait well, no say, like you yeah. know yeah go ahead but it's funny that the person who's she would be more I think active if Norman wasn't saying you know don't worry about it you know they're just they're a typical married couple they have issues and it's funny that the person who is downplaying the maybe violence is the one who has caused the most violence throughout this entire story <laughs> that's what happens in real life though yes. so yes. i mean i don't know i would if i were her i probably would call the cops if i've seen certain things however we don't know this is my issue with movies because we don't know what it was like before the movie started in a way like how did he actually treat her when she had certain you know concerns with other people in their lives did he downplay it then so she's probably just a little bit less confident because of that um but yeah, I mean, I would definitely say from a woman's perspective, it's easy to not feel confident, I guess, when you have a husband who is the way he is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I still would call the cops, though, especially well, if I saw a body hard. go into the car. But it's <laughs> yeah. also hard to say you would do something well, yeah. until you're in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I know, I mean, the movie makes it look on purpose that he's putting a body. I mean, it's raining at night and it's creepy. It looks like a body bag he's putting in the trunk. 
Um, I love the scene when she's doing the TV dinner, when she's spying. I'm obsessed with that scene. When he, she, <laughs> yeah. he takes like the wine out of her like a uh, new neighbor yeah. gift and throws it. Yeah. And she's spot. This is so disturbing. It's a sober window when she's like spying. Mm-hmm. And then he eventually like pops out in the window. I get anxious in that scene when you see the footprints walking to the house. And it's eventually just uh, Spencer, her husband. But uh, I think that she did as much as she could in the headspace that she was in. That's my yeah. opinion. Because what I will also say, just from like, I guess, actual real life experience, if you're in your relationship, you're going through certain things that may lead you to think that it's not normal, that dynamic that you have in your relationship, I would assume you would assume that whatever's going on next door that seems that same type of way, you're just going to automatically assume that it's going to be bad. So. Right. Like she didn't have one thought in her head that like, you know, this woman was just like so nervous to lose this guy or she was trying, she just like went to straight. Yeah. There is a domestic abuse in this relationship. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess my, I guess my gripe is she went to that right away, but then she didn't do anything about it. She didn't have conviction with it, but I understand what you're saying, Justina. Um, You're kind of giving her the benefit of the doubt because we don't know that prior history. We don't know. We're just introduced to these characters now, so I, I do get that. Um, you you talk about the body. We'll just talk about the body bag scene. I don't know if this is another case of um, this movie came out in two thousand, uh, came out on VHS. I don't know if that shot of him putting the body into the trunk was supposed to be in HD ever. Like you know what I mean? Well, like, they didn't if it's know supposed to then, be. Yeah. yeah, if it's supposed to be that visible, because when you're watching it now and you're like seeing the shot. It's so obvious that's what's happening. And then she calls Norman over from the bed, and then obviously the car's gone, and she's like, oh, I thought I saw something. It's like, no, you definitely saw something. You saw him put but, something in the truck. I, I always mean, laugh again, at that. It's so funny. Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> defending the writers in this spot because I'm doing the work. But are we looking at that scene through her perspective only? Yeah. You know, is that really what, I mean, she's seeing him put something, but does it look as obvious to be a body or is that what she wants to see? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Again, well, I I'm think that's work. how they... I'm working. I'm working. Yeah, no, I know you right are. Now, and I think yeah. that, I think you're onto something because um, he gets over to the window pretty quickly and then the car is completely gone. So I think mm-hmm. you're, I think in that shot, you're supposed to question like, oh, did she really see it? But it was like so obvious that it was there. Right. Like it, they could have done a better job, I guess, of like muddying the window or making it less visible. I don't know. You know, I just because I you do find out that, that he did go that night to get his wife, who was at her parents' house. He put put her mm-hmm. shit in the trunk, and he did he did go somewhere that night. It just wasn't with her body. Yeah. He was going to get her back. Uh, but I will I shot? will say, talk about the wh- shot with the fence. That was so psycho when she's running up to the fence and the woman, the neighbor's oh. eye. I love that oh, shot. Yeah. When yeah. She, oh my god, I love it. That's straight out of yeah. Psycho. Norman Bates spine through the wall. I oh yeah, it. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Perfect. Yeah. I just want to bring that up to give it a shout out. I love it so much. I will it's say on the so flip well. side, uh, the lake scene, the first lake scene where she's getting the the daw, uh, Cooper's ball from the the water. That shot of uh, of M E F. <laughs> What's Mary Elizabeth. Just call her Mary. Call no, her Mary. not Mary. Oh. It's uh Madison. Madison. Oh, yeah. The See? shot of Madison. Yeah. Madison's the neighbor. She's... Yeah. That she's the red herring, I guess. But um, that shot of her. No, Mary's the neighbor. Water... Mary's the neighbor. Madison's the dead girl. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So Madison, when she's underneath the water, 
I thought that was shot perfectly because it was just kind of visible enough. You can make out the pattern of a face, but not really. And then it kind of sinks. So that I think they you. did really, yeah. really well. Yeah. It's eerie. That late, and I mean, I've been to Vermont only in like I think the winter and once in the spring, but it's so beautiful. <laughs> I don't know if they filmed it in Vermont, but they make Vermont look so beautiful. Obviously, they're privileged and well off, so they have a nice house. But I love that scene too when she's running. And first of all, I might be showing my hand, but when her dog runs off after this scene, it's like she's like yelling Cooper, and then she's like, "Fine, have it your way." I would be going into full panic mode. The cops would be at the house. I'd be like, where the fuck's my dog? Like, I don't know yeah. if she, I don't know if this has happened before and he like trots around the neighborhood sniffing a little bit, but I'd be like, she's just like, okay, fine. Good night. I'm like, what the fuck? That's the one I look at it I as, she does the whole I look movie. at it as they have a big property and they're kind of in the middle of nowhere. So right. he'll, he'll make his way home and it's, he's probably, or he'll be drowned in the fucking lake. <laughs> Well, it doesn't happen that way, so it's no, okay. No, it doesn't. Yes. Coop, guys, dog lovers, what lies beneath? Cooper survives. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but every time I'm just like, what? Like, fine, have it your way? Like, what? <laughs> I just think yeah. it's funny. But yeah, I do agree with you, Nolan. Uh, Pin, you can talk in it too. That scene is gorgeously shot when she's like trying to get the ball and she's mm-hmm. it's kind of coming up, but then she doesn't because we don't get a really good look at her yeah. until the bathtub scene. And then again at the end, which is yeah. obviously on purpose, well, but awesome. Don't we also see her in the red dress scene as well? Yes. Well, this is like this. I mean, if anyone has seen Scary Movie 2, <laughs> they yeah, make true. fun of it when uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is being, whew, she has some Catwoman in that performance in that scene, but she's, uh, you know, saying, <laughs> I think your wife's starting to suspect something. And then she goes up because she has the piece of hair. We're getting, mm. this is, we're not going in order right now, but when she has the hair and she goes, and he's like, what? And then it goes up and then it shows her face. Yeah. That's because she has that piece of her hair and her, the ghost we found at the end was doing that on purpose to get to Spencer and to help her out. And that's what makes her remember, you know, at least the cheating in that scene. But again, that's another iconic scene. Um, but yeah, she, we do see her face in that scene. Uh, Madison. It's so awesome. It's so good. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think the act one, the standout scene, I, Nolan, you might be right, is that to me, it might be the eye scene just because I'm a cinephile. But other than that, I do think it's the scene in the lake where she's kind of starting to be like, where the whole audience is like, ooh, is there a ghost? Like, because we don't really get the vibe of a ghost. Because like you said, the first act is really about her thinking the neighbors are just fucking like, he's he's trying to kill his wife or he's hurting his wife, abusing his wife. We don't really get the mystery supernatural part until that lake scene. Yeah. And it, it's 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 there, but it's not too prevalent because we have we also have the scene where she goes into the house and she finds the door open, and then this is right. where the uh, the radio turns on out of nowhere and then turns off. That that was super creepy, and uh, like I said, I just watched it with Jackie, and uh, that was her big thing because she goes to Norman's office afterwards after that whole encounter, and she's like downplaying what she saw before Norman even reacts. She's like, oh. I don't want to worry you. I um I heard some voices and I remember Jackie being like, "No, bitch, like the fucking radio went on." Like, what? No, like come on. Like you're definitely haunted right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel funny. like that's another uh you know, uh they're talking about how she's downplaying it maybe because she already knows what his response is going to be. So right. it's, it's it's sad. It's really sad if I know I know I try to get all, you know, tragic with these movies, but it is sad if you think about <laughs> yeah. 
you know, yeah. if you think about it, you know, thematically why she's doing that, it's kind of sad. And we know that <laughs> towards the end of the movie, you can look back on these decisions to your point, uh, because she, I forget who she's talking to. It might be her psychiatrist. And she's saying, you know, Norman, since the accident treated me like this fragile doll, like I'm so fragile. And uh, maybe that's why, you know, she's worried about how he's going to react to these situations right. so. everyone already looks at her like she's a broken person and she doesn't want everyone to do that and that's why she's afraid to start speaking up again right mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's pretty it's pretty heavy stuff if you kind of go <laughs> deep into it sad. <laughs> yeah talking through it i know yeah it's pretty sad but again i mean she it, this is honestly one of my favorite performances of all time she's amazing she's so really so you're you're that I, I, I but and since I saw the movie, I, I'm like, why does she not win an Academy Award for this movie? <laughs> why, why not? It was amazing. <laughs> fair. I fair think enough. she walked so like Tony Collette could run in Hereditary. Honestly, that's how I feel. Okay. But before, so yeah, so before, first we kind of covered the first act, right? What do you want to? Yeah. So I was going to say before we move along too much, let's give a shout out to James Remmer and Miranda Otto, the Fjords, because they kind of disappear from this movie. Uh, like halfway they're through. They're in and out, and, right? Um, they're in and out a little bit. Uh, kind of. Last time you see them is at the party, and then they're just like not a non-factor at the end of the movie, which is fine. First they, of they, all, they serve I their laugh purpose. every time when he does this. I know. I, I know you're <laughs> so, going to bring that up. It's so great. <laughs> it's so, like, oh, it's it's perfect. It's I know. so dark, it's but something like, honestly, I would, I would do. do that. It's my humor. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I would do that, too. Yeah, but he's yeah. awesome. Talk about a great character actor. He he plays a great uh, creepy number. The scene where she brings him the welcome basket yeah. and he's like in the door frame and then he confronts her. I got like super uneasy vibes with that. So he did a really good job. And then Miranda Otto, I love her. You know, Lord of the Rings, I'm, uh, I adore. So anytime I see her, I see Eowyn in a different movie. Um, She's awesome. She's in the new uh, Sabrina show on Netflix. She does a good job. She's also in Annabelle Creation, the sequel, which is the best Annabelle movie. She's the Oh, mom. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is. Yeah, she's in a lot of different stuff. So uh, uh, shout out to them this, just to give them a yes, quick shout out. I agree. 100% agree. I think she actually, again, I know you talked about James Reamer. Uh, he did great. But a shout out to Miranda Otto, the way she uh, played those emotional scenes where we don't, when she's like up against the fence, like crying to Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Um, very good stuff and I do like the conversation when she goes back later in the movie up to Claire um, I keep going back from to Michelle Pfeiffer and Claire sorry same person uh, when she goes back up and they actually have the they have the coffee together and she kind of does that whole monologue about you know do you ever love someone so much you feel like you can't breathe when you're about to lose them? it's yeah. just very again very heavy. deep yeah but I'm like, like she lady I just it didn't you. feel yeah yeah it didn't feel like <laughs> To me, I'm like, why the hell are you talking about this? But like, when you go back to like what Claire did through the movie, it makes sense why she's talking about this. So I just think it can come off as heavy-handed, but I think Miranda Otto like delivered that in a kind of in a very natural way. If that makes sense, um, you know, I thought that was a very powerful yeah. scene between two, you know, females. Um, yeah, they were both great. They were both awesome. Yeah, I'll say with that conversation. Again, kind of reverting back to just the whole theme, I would say, of the movie is sometimes when you're in that situation, the only person you can go to is someone who's like kind of a stranger. And that's the only person that you can like really confide in. So I think that, again, ties in the entire theme and kind of preludes what is about to happen. (laughs) Isn't it so funny that everything that Claire thought was happening next door is what is about to happen to her? Yeah, 
It's yeah. irony. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Scary. And then the whole and, MEF yeah. connection, how both their initials are MEF yes. is just perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so also, we didn't like, talk guys, about that. Like, uh, that's an important. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I would just say, you know, this is a lesson. Like you don't really need to send your neighbor's welcome basket. It's good to keep to yourself too, people. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? <laughs> Fair warning. To don't get involved. Yeah. Yeah. Mind your own business. Yeah. <laughs> you guys yeah. are not. Yeah. Sorry. No, you can go ahead. You can go forward. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to highlight, uh, both like, again, before we move forward, uh, too much, an important scene in this beginning act is when she's looking through the, uh, the photo album, the scrapbook, you, know, right. you see the news article and stuff. Um, you get the car accident scene. So, you know, there was an accident. Um, when I watched this, again, I haven't seen this movie for a while. So my first rewatch last week, uh, I thought maybe she was hiding something. Um, and it was, you know, it, it gave me that vibes. Cause she like freaked out when she saw, her former husband and stuff. And then the car accident, I was like, Oh, what is she hiding? So that was a cool little scene to kind of throw in. Mm-hmm. I like that. I agree. Um, and I think it's cool. If you think about it, do you think, cause the newspaper articles are like behind pictures, um, you know, in some of the scene, like behind like the picture for the, the frames, like she's finding some of these newspaper articles behind the picture frames throughout the movie. Like yeah. almost like they're hidden, but so I it's think like, uh, well, it's yeah, just he... the one. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 But do you think that Norman almost like hid them there, or do you think that sh- I think that Claire put them there subconsciously because now she was? You don't think that? Yeah, go ahead, Pete. You can. She was hiding point. it away because she's. <laughs> yeah, I think that. I was looking at more as like a trophy, type of thing. For him. Yeah. Interesting, because oh. I looked at it the opposite. What, what are we talking about? In, are we talking about the? I don't. The, um, sorry, I don't know what. The, it's you talking about the, the point, picture frame that breaks. Yes. In the office? Yes. Okay. Because yes. that's specifically, that's a newspaper clipping. So yes. the one side is the photo from the newspaper, which they framed, and it just happens to be the other side of the newspaper had the missing girl article. Okay. I don't okay. think it was like a secret. Okay. I, it's not I almost, two different pieces of paper. It's all okay. one. Yeah. Because I it took almost me a couple. Like she's like hit it because it's something that she put away, but she's trying to remember. But that could be, uh, I like the okay. other idea about Norman like hiding his trophy of killing that girl. Yeah, but then Nolan, I think you were talking about when she was flipping through her car accident photos yeah. and newspaper clippings from the beginning. Oh, yeah, that's different. Yeah, when yeah. that tells us, oh, she got into that accident. That's why her daughter was asking, are you going to be okay? We assume that she may be a little bit more mentally messed up from that accident. I think that's what Nolan was getting at. Yes, there was a we lot don't know there. yet if it's a year. We find out it's a year later from the accident, but we don't know. I don't know if we find that out yet. You know, it's coming up on a year. That's all we know. A lot is presented to us to us in that it's presented that yes. she had a former husband, the car accident, the news clipping of uh, uh, Norman's father passing away is in there, I yeah. believe. So yeah, you're trying to connect all the dots. You're like, wait, um, I thought his father was going to play a bigger role in this movie, and that there was going to be a secret with that. Um, I actually had a couple different working theories um, regarding Norman, uh, especially when it. Uh, comes to MEF, but we'll we'll get into that when we get to the second act. Uh, so why don't obviously we? Obviously, uh, grew up as a wealthy kid because of his father, obviously. And uh, yeah, the only really thing we get out of the father is uh, Claire is just like you know you're really sensitive about your father's death, <laughs> which I love that scene when she talks to him about that. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. 
Yeah. He's like, yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think they're trying to play off. A, like you said, he grew up in a wealthy family. He's trying yeah. to follow in his father's footsteps, yeah. but be his own man. It's that whole, you know, dynamic. So, right. But yeah, I thought he was going to play a bigger role in the mystery, but turns out. Oh, that's no. interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause you, you grew up with this movie. It sounds like so. And yeah. I didn't. So watching it again as an adult, um, I knew how it ended, but I, I forgot everything in the middle pretty much. So it was kind of it was kind of a cool rewatch yeah. for me. Yeah. Cool. I also love uh, I don't know if we're, we might be in the second act now, but I love when they're um, after she's spying on doing the TV dinner, like Norman comes home. He's like, yo, we're late for dinner because they're going to meet friends. Mm-hmm. And I love the hint that Robert Zemeckis gives us when they're going over the bridge. Uh, Norman's like, I'm going to call the restaurant to let them know we're going to be late. And she's like, you know, you don't get reception until you're halfway across the bridge. And that obviously comes into play later in the movie. And that's, again, such a Hitchcock thing to do of like planting oh, that yeah. seed without spelling it out. Anytime yeah. something like that happens, <laughs> yeah. especially in a horror yeah. movie, you know, it's going to come into play yeah. later on. It's like they didn't do that on accident. It's definitely. Yeah. And then also, Pete, you can speak to this. I think it's so asshole of Norman to like make a joke out of it, pretty much saying that like. When they're out to dinner, um, oh. he's like, you know, Claire, you know, our house is haunted. I would he murder. Pretty much puts he puts Claire on the spot yeah. in that scene, like calling, pretty much saying she's crazy without blatantly saying she's yeah, crazy. Claire's side eye was yeah. great in that. Oh my yeah. gosh, oh, she, her facial acting so good. But then he pretty much makes a joke out of. It. He's like, yeah, it's my dad. He's mad at us for renovating the house because it's his dad's house. Yeah, you know, they took over. But I'm like, that's such an asshole thing to do. Put her on the spot like that. Well, first and foremost, if I were her, I'd probably kill him. But second of all, <laughs> that goes to show you again how just little she feels within her relationship. So I do think without moving too far into the movie, I do think the movie is good at showing her character development of like, I don't need this bullshit anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because now that we're talking about it, it's that is a pretty important theme because... You know, she was an important, like a really, really good uh, concert. Uh, what is it, a cello? Oh, yeah. uh, she played the cello. Yeah, she yeah. was a musician. She played the cello. She, gave... she had her own. Again. She had her own yep. solo. I mean, she um, went to the Juilliard School, so she was um, a really, really well-respected woman. Um, and then she meets this guy who's this. You know, she calls him brilliant scientist. And gives all that up, and it's that whole dynamic of, you know, he's so smart, and he knows what's best, and I, I'm now relegated to just pretty much being a housewife. Yep. Um, yeah. That, that's an interesting dynamic, I too. I love that so you brought that, that up. I actually character. had it in my notes. I love that you – thank you for bringing that up because, again, this shows it's an unhealthy relationship because, in my opinion, any relationship, whether you give up your career, if you love it, a hobby – whatever if it's a little hobby or whatever if you just like walking doing five mile runs every day and your husband's like don't do that or your wife's don't do that it's an don't give up something you love because of somebody else (laughs) and she does that because of him and that's Mm -hmm. clearly very unhealthy obviously (laughs) yeah yeah i would say so it's pretty unhealthy (laughs) (laughs) and like you said she was like a very well-regarded musician and she loved it and she gave this up to be a housewife, yeah. literally. Yeah. I will say, before you guys move on, I think this movie does a really good job at allowing the viewer to put themselves in Claire's shoes because oh, you do feel all 
everything that she's feeling, I think it makes you like you aunt like <laughs> so angry that it really does allow us to feel what she's feeling. And I think that's a just kudos to them for that. And specifically kudos to Michelle Pfeiffer well, and yes. her performance. Mm-hmm. And the writing. And talk about talk about performances. We'll get to maybe my favorite scene in the movie where the first act and I guess the second act kind of comes to a buildup where she confronts Norman and she's at her breaking point. I forget what happens. Is this right after the bathtub scene? Yeah, Do can we, we talk, talk about, about the, the seance quick? The seance? First yes, of all, we didn't bring up yeah. my girl Jody, who I would love to <laughs> hang out with her on a Saturday night. Jeez, she yeah. sounds like a blast in a glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That um, book so that Jody, she gives her, I want that book. That's the coolest like, gift yes. ever. Yeah. So Jody is clearly like a hippie out of like the 60s um, or something. And uh, she is Claire's, you know, best friend. Um, and she does play an important role in the end of the movie. So I'm happy we're getting to this scene. But anyway, so Claire pretty much uses her as an outlet in the movie. And she confides in her because Claire, Norman makes Claire go see a therapist after, you know, the things with the neighbors and when she starts to hear mm-hmm. stuff. And first of all, I think it's funny that the therapist is like, here, have a fireball. <laughs> like, what? Why is she eating yeah. like hot? I think hot, it's hot. a sensory thing. I think that's a technique really? that they use to get you to. She, uh, I love how she just more. like, yeah. she's like, ow, it's hot. But anyway, he literally like tells her, you know, because he thinks that from what I got from that therapy session is he thinks she's like, I'm seeing ghosts. And he's like, really, what does the ghost look like? She's like, well, it looks like me but with green eyes. So I get the vibe that he's like, oh, this bitch is just talking about herself, and blah, blah, blah. But he tells her, he's like, well, you should try to connect to it. And this is what leads, like you said, the seance scene with her friend Jody. And Jody's game for it. Again, gotta love Jody. So they're in the bathroom because that's where early in the movie she experienced some happening um, shit in the mirror and stuff. Um, so she saw in the bathtub, she saw in the bathtub. So that's why they're in there. And she takes the bloody shoe she found we think next door because she thinks that the ghost is the next door neighbor. Um, so they have the piece of the dead woman. I love how Jody's like, what is this? Yeah. You have, she's like, you have to have a piece of the dead woman to connect. She's like, okay. <laughs> it's so I, funny. I would leave. <laughs> but uh, so they do uh, the whole seance and she's like, I wish to commune. And that's when Jody gets another laugh and she's like, commune. <laughs> She's like, we wish to communicate. (laughs) I think it's so funny. But then obviously, you know, they start to feel something. And then it's good old Cooper who comes in and breaks up the party, the dog. But then Jody, obviously, and this is the typical Hitchcock, the typical horror movie cliche. Jody leaves and then Claire comes back in. And obviously there's steam coming through the bathroom. And then she goes in the bathroom and she sees something and she yells, what do you want? And then she sees in the mirror, it says, you know, then that that's an important scene before we get to the scene you were talking about. So then she. Yeah, because she's taking that as she's taking that as she's had a suspicion that uh, Mary is dead and seeing that in the the, the mirror. She thinks that's Mary telling her, you know, I'm dead. So at this point, she's convinced like Mary is a goner. Yeah, she's. That's also the MEF scene on the computer when she goes downstairs and the MEF keeps popping up. I do love. When she first comes in from Jody, I don't know if I noticed this before, but now that I watch this movie, like the background, when she first opens the door, you see in the mirror the computer flashes. Oh, yeah. 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 I love that. Oh, you never noticed that? I don't know. I probably did, but I watched it like three times in the past two days. I'm like, oh, I fucking love that. 
but yes but yeah, I, it's a little i yeah. think that it comes into play later because we'll get into it but i absolutely love the shot when she's pretending to well not pretending when she's channeling uh, madison and then she looks back and the door opens and it's claire walking in the rain and you see her in the mirror obviously she walked in on them uh her and Spen- uh, uh, madison and spencer in that scene i just love that shot in the mirror so the mirror yeah. comes back into play too later in the movie but yeah very very good stuff we're getting into the nitty-gritty of the movie so like i said it, it just keeps building it doesn't stop building until the climax what i will say i guess i have one gripe and i don't know if it's like there would be no movie if this didn't i just wish the ghost would be more specific of who she was because i just think we caused a lot of stress for no reason as the ghost <laughs> I think she needed her to believe, like, the more she appeared, the more she started believing it and started believe that was what makes her acting up more throughout the movie. That's the typical yeah. logical well, let, let's, let, Well, why don't we talk about that? So why don't we talk about MEF, uh, Madison, turns out to be her motives. And I, I think the motives are pretty unique and pretty cool. Um, her motive throughout the movie is to get not Claire to believe that she's a ghost but her goal is to get claire to remember what happened before the accident so we know the whole you know in the mirror and stuff that that's really her goal her goal is not to prove that she's necessarily dead and that she's haunting them it's really just like please remember everything because she doesn't want her to be with norman i think it's that whole you know she's she's looking out for her Right. She's saying, remember, and, you know, you're in danger, girl. Like, you're with a very dangerous yeah. dude. Yeah. And, again, we'll talk about the I can't wait to talk about the ending. Because I, I also think I she believes, you like, yeah. you know, MEF knows how dangerous Norman is. So if she would have well, just told her, I mean, um, he her, you know, everything that happened, the ending of the movie would have happened a lot sooner. And I think uh, she was fair. trying to avoid that in a way. Well, it's movie yeah. logic. It's movie logic mixed with yeah. you can put, like I said, you can put my spin on it, you can put your spin on it. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, in every horror movie, the paranormal activity starts, you know, at a base level, yeah. then it just hypens. Like, you know, the yeah. more they're like, oh, is this something happening? Then they, you know, it intensifies, intensifies. So, again, guys, you can say that I'm working for the writers, but I think, it, I think it's logical. <laughs> I think it's logical. Yeah. Fair enough. No, Fair yeah. enough. And again, everyone, you, I mean, every movie, I have a gripe with the movie. Every movie has a nitpick, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, so this come like I was saying before, this is like one of my favorite scenes in the movie when she goes and confronts Norman and she, they're outside and then she sees Warren Fuhrer, uh inside. I guess there's like a party going on or like right. not a party, but an event uh, or something. An event or something. And she goes and confronts Warren. And at this point, you're like, Son of a bitch. oh, fuck yeah, Claire. Yeah, no, I'm like rooting for Claire. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. you, Warren. Like, call his ass out in front of everyone. It was awesome. And then yeah. fucking Mary shows up and it's fucking, <laughs> I, dude, I it's like such a every dump. Time. Yeah, I know. It's such a deflating feeling. You're like, oh, shit. If she didn't want people to think she was crazy before, now it's like really bad. Yeah. yeah I'm actually happy you brought setup? that scene up. I'm very happy because that is the one scene so far in the movie where she doesn't listen to spencer and she goes against him to confront warren well that's what i'm saying you're rooting for her because she's finally like got the power to like yes no you are wrong i am right i have this conviction and you're like right yes yeah we're doing it and then it all blows up on her face and you're like no she and that also goes to what uh peen said her character development throughout the movie she's getting her 
senses back and it's also making her a stronger woman throughout so she's not afraid to stand up to him specifically in that scene and then obviously she also you know she gets shit done in the end too right oh yeah because he even turns it around on he tries to make it about himself because he's like are you doing this on purpose to sabotage me and she's like asshole it has nothing to do with you and i was like go claire go claire yeah that's great oh we should also mention before uh we keep he was we find out he used to be a professor and he's moved to research now only. I'm only saying that because that comes into play with the reveal. That's all. Well, okay. No, because oh, really? he's, okay. he's still a professor. No, he, but he really doesn't. But he says he's Teach. like, I'm not teaching. He's really okay. I'm not teaching, teaching more okay. often. Yeah, he's more in the research. Because he's like, do you know how close I am? That's why he's freaking out like Nolan said in the scene. You know how close we are to blah, blah, blah. You know, I just have to do this for a few more weeks. But um, he specifically mentions I've, I've stepped back from teaching. Okay. And I'm more on the research side because obviously, you know, what happened when he was teaching. <laughs> well, yeah, true. But yeah, very, I'm glad that you brought that scene up, Nolan, because I was like, fuck yes, Kerr. And then I was like, oh no, Claire. <laughs> like in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's uh, a major shift in the movie that, that, that this is like, you know, you have before this scene and then after this scene. Because it's right. building up to Mary, Mary, Mary with Warren Fjord, the neighbor, and now it's they're have nothing to do with it is it all in her head is there really a ghost and then we kind of get it's almost like a second build up in yes. the second half of the movie it kind of starts building again yeah so after that sequence let's talk about she ends up tracking down um madison's mother mm. and she goes to visit the mother and this is where she steals the lock of madison's hair and uh she also notices a photo of her wearing a necklace which is very important Mm-hmm. So then she goes back to the house and this is where she performs. Well, actually, in between all this, they also go to a party and there's people at the party who are telling Claire, you know, like you were very upset here last year. Like what was going on? She's And Claire doesn't remember. She's like, I remember the party, but I don't remember much after that. And she's, she's like, yeah, you like the woman's like, you couldn't breathe. Like you were hyperventilating. Like all, she's like, Re-. so again, that adds to the mystery, which is about to be revealed. So. After she gets the lock of hair, she goes back to the house and she's waiting for Norman because Norman's never fucking home. And uh, she ends up performing a ritual. And this is such a good scene. So she, I don't know how to word this. She, I think she just, and I would say she conjures Madison within this scene. What, before we get into this, I want to talk yeah. about just real quick before we skip ahead. When she goes to Madison's mother's house. Um, yes. I'm curious do you, before I reveal what like my thought process was, do you guys remember what was going through your head at this moment? Like what, there, there was, there was kind of a little tidbits that the mother said, and I had some working theories that turned out to be wrong, but um, right. how did you feel about that whole sequence and that scene? And do you mean you specifically thinking? as in she was like, uh, you know, Madison was a party or I'm surprised she did well and like all that shit. Oh, like, everything. You... Yeah. All the backstory okay. on Madison and stuff. Um, because I, I yeah. think that was, Actually, when when I first heard that, I was just like, clearly, like, they're giving the hints that this girl's a partier. Not that she, like she's obviously, I don't want to say gets around. That's a bad thing to say. But, you know, she's not as innocent as, you know, what we're seeing all the news clippings either. And I'm not okay. saying she's the guilty one in this scenario because she wasn't married. But I didn't get the sense of she had anything to do with the plot of, you know, I didn't get any sense of that she was behind anything. If that's what the you're mom. going for. 
Yeah, the mom, no, yeah. I, I guess I would just say it. I don't know if this was intentional or not, but I was, was thinking that. Well, you don't even know what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, but everything's intentional. Everything's I intentional. <laughs> I when she starts talking about Madison's father, did you pick up on that and how oh, his father left going. when she was 12? I thought uh, is Norman the secret father? I see where you're going. That the timeline makes a lot of sense right. for that because you know oh. Norman didn't meet Claire until they were later on in life. He could have had this secret past. I thought that was the big secret that we were going to get was that Norman was uh, was her father. That makes it even more disgusting that you said yeah. that to someone who he could have been a father to is someone he was sleeping with. Well, I'm not saying I still believe that, but I'm saying no. I'm that saying, was my but like, it theory. makes him even more that he's taking <laughs> advantage of a, someone who's a student. oh, like of like age. Of age. Yeah. Yes, okay. yes. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you were saying that he was sleeping no, with his legit no, daughter. No, I was like, what no, is happening? No. I'm saying if like, you take right, a step no back, <laughs> if you take a step back, and you're like, this dude yeah. is sleeping with old his enough, students yeah. who are still, you know, for lack of a better term, oh, you know, yeah. innocent, and like he's taking advantage. Yes. When he could have been her father you know i do have a question and it's not about the movie and again i know really nothing about film and the history of things happening but this was released in 2000 correct when did all those things start coming out about you know me too and stuff like that like like 2015 or 2016 yeah okay we talked about it scream 3 scream 3 foreshadowed it too okay a bunch of movies foreshadowed it yeah okay that was it. That was my only question. It's kind of free. It's kind of disgusting that Hollywood was making movies off of like women in peril when they knew the whole time that you know they well, were actually. In but peril. like, well, don't you think it was maybe a subliminal message as well? Oh, 100 like, percent. It's people's in people speaking out without saying something. Speaking out because they were scared of losing their career. Right. <laughs> so yeah, there's oh, oh yeah, hidden message yeah. Shit like that in so many movies. But yeah, Me Too, like, I don't think it came out until almost 20, like 2016 or something like that. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Cool. Uh, so yeah, back next? to the ritual scene. You want to get back to that <laughs> well, ritual cool. scene? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not cool. Cool. Not cool. <laughs> so let's yeah, get the, back uh, to the ritual scene, because uh, I love this scene. I think it's might be the best directed scene of the movie, just because of how it's shot. Um, when she con, I would say that's the correct term. She kind of conjures Madison in that scene. Okay, yeah, and, uh, that's a good term. Almost yeah. like possessed by her spirit because she's not acting like Claire in that scene. That's no. where I get the you know Madison wasn't so innocent. She was a seductive woman. Like she was. Whew. All right. So, so you uh, do believe that uh, Madison was in was controlling Claire in this scene? Yes. Yes. You are. Yes, okay. I do. You too. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're all on the same page with yeah. that. Yeah. Because uh, well, she's they almost, they show that with the yeah. green eyes too at the end. You yeah, see the, but the she's green eyes. not speaking as Claire would. She's speaking as someone. She's like being aggressive with like Spencer. Very aggressive. She like bites him when he's eating the apple and all that shit. Um, well, I think she's recreating the scene. Don't you? Oh she's yeah, recreating Madison that night is because though. Yeah, she's Madison, calling yeah. him Professor Spencer right, or Mister right. Spencer. And yeah, I think. And she starts. She bites his lips, and yes. he's like, "Ow, oh, that's too rough." And she's like, "When? Since yeah. when is that too rough?" Exactly. So I think exactly. they had like a rough, you know, sexual relationship. Right. I think that's all being recreated. But I think her point was to show Claire, Claire through her eyes mm-hmm. because she right. didn't have Claire's perspective. So the only thing she could do was show Claire through her, as in Madison's POV, right. 
what happened that night. And when right. she sees herself in the mirror, yeah. that's when she puts everything so together. Much. Yeah, it's love so it, brilliant. Love yeah, love it because when she looks back, it's so freaky because she's in that moment with Spencer, but she's looking back and seeing herself walking in on this, walking it's in so, on it. Yeah, it's so, it's so good, good. I know. so good. And that's when she leans and says, "I think." She's starting to suspect something. He's like, who? And she's like, your wife. And then you get that, like, oh, shit, that's Madison. When she he, sees he throws her face. Her off, yeah. And then that's when he, th- he literally, like, fucking flings her. Well, I mean, all and, right. Uh, you, you can't really blame him for throwing No, but, them. like, damn, he manhandled the shit out of her in that scene. Yeah, but that's yeah, when yeah. she drops the lock of hair and she comes to as Claire. And then she remembers that repressed memory of Norman's affair with the student. And that's when she left all upset, and that's what led her to crashing into the tree and, you know, the accident. So she remembers that, and she leaves the night, to, and she goes to Joey. She leaves. She says, get out. And he's such an asshole, he doesn't even leave. She has to leave her own house and go to Jody. Um, and this is also, like, I don't know if this is a good or bad friend moment, but this is when Jody reveals that she knew. She knew. What a bitch. She saw Norman arguing with a woman in a cafe. And she was going to go up to say hi, but something about the way they were talking, it stopped her. And then she was, when she went to the hospital, she saw Norman, because in Norman's fucked up way, he still loves Claire. So he go, when she goes to the hospital, she sees him distraught over Claire's accident. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I just couldn't tell you, I couldn't say something. So I don't know if it's a good friend moment, but I kind of understand I like aspect. it because it yeah. it, it it's serves two purposes. It gives us more bread, breadcrumbs, and it also makes Jody's character a little bit more dynamic. And yes. I, I like when they do that and with crucial. side characters. Yeah, yeah and cr- yeah. What were you gonna say, Peen? I was just gonna say I think he's just playing the part of a happy husband. I don't think he actually is a good husband. And did he? Do you think he genuinely cared? Because he well. That's interesting uh, because I see I throughout do. the movie. I do in his own narcissistic yeah, I do too. way. I yeah. Do too. yeah. I'm not because saying he's a good movie, guy. She's but going I, through all this yeah. crazy shit, but he still loves her and in his weird way kind of wants to help her, but also put her down. He doesn't want to lose her. That's his trophy. It's his trophy uh, wife. Hold That's up. It. But then without getting too far ahead, but then what is the point of everything else that he does? Well, because when she finds out what he really did, there's no going back. There's only one I thing mean, to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But okay. until that point, I think he wants to save his traditional life. You know, happy wife, traditional, Um, you know, the traditional yeah. everyday guy. Yeah. I do think in his weird twisted way, though, he did love Claire still. Nolan, I think, I'm, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. I think he definitely loved the idea of Claire. Right. And the idea of this this life. Because they do set it up that they are, like, you know, they have the sex scene in the beginning of the movie. They are in a pretty good place, even though it is a little manipulative with the power dynamics. They are pretty happy in the relationship. And she even says that to the psychiatrist. Like, he, he pokes and prods her, and she kind of gets to... She admits that like not everything is perfect, but she did. Hey, Craven, <laughs> Craven, featuring Craven, Craven, yeah. two episodes in a row. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what what do you think about it, uh, Justina? I don't know. I just feel like I don't believe any of what he does. If that's that valid. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's valid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's get to the point. Okay, so. 
Claire is at Jody's, and then she says, you know, we Dorman calls Jody because obviously, you know, who, what, where else is she gonna go? And he leaves a message like, you know, I'm looking for Claire, blah blah blah. And she's like, can you call him and tell me to meet me at the house in the morning? I need to, I need to confront him and talk to him. And this is interesting because when she goes home, she finds him unconscious in the tub, and she finds the blow dryer in the tub, and it's like, it's presented as an accident, but I. Th- there's so many ways you can go about this. I don't know what you guys think. He says it's not a suicide attempt. Was it? Do you think it was staged by him? Yes. Yes. Or do well, you he think, confirms that he does. Well, do you that. think that Madison did that? No. Because no. then why would the power so, go out? Well, well, he does tell her at the end. You know how like cold the water was when I pretended right. to remember. So do you? Are you trying to suggest that he was lying to her and it really was Madison? Or, I don't know. I think there's okay. There's two valid options. He could have okay. staged it, or it could have been Madison in that scene because that's where a lot of the activity happened. Like, was she just trying to get it done right then and there? I don't know. I don't, I'm not giving. I lean more towards the side of he's almost staged it because the point of Madison is she wants Claire to realize, and if she she wants even if she killed him in that scene, um, Claire wouldn't have known that he killed her. So she wants Claire to know that he's actually a murderer. So that's where well, then, I kind of go to the side of he staged it. But I also think that, I don't know, it could have been Madison. Well, then let's flip it. Why did he stage it? Right. What was the point point of staging? Well, he staged it because he knew that she was coming home and he wanted sympathy. He's a fucking gaslighter. He switched. He okay. wants the one to be, he wants her to be sympathetic. He's trying to keep her from leaving him. He's a, He left on a bad, really bad note. And that's keep like she's she's concerned. She comes in screaming. She calls the ambulance. So now it's like, oh, he's not in a good spot mentally and obviously physically because of this incident. So she has to stay at the house, take care of. Him. So you think he didn't? He didn't anticipate her blaming it on Madison. You thought he thought she was gonna think it was a suicide attempt because yes. I don't think she ever thought it was a suicide attempt. No, was- I. Pretty convinced she, that it was oh yeah, she something it was happened paranormal. Yeah. So okay. Claire thought it was Madison. The audience can either think it was Madison or him staging it. I don't think it was a suicide. I don't think anyone thinks it was a suicide. But he wanted her to think that, you think? Maybe subliminally? Is that what I, you're saying? W- no, because he bad? even says, he says, you know, the thing was plugged in and it fell in. Because he even yeah. says it wasn't a suicide attempt. No, I know. Yeah. yeah. But again, That's to your point, yeah. and to your point, though, I will say... Maybe he wants that thought in the back of her head, so that keeps her around even more too. Because she's like, "Oh, now yeah. he's in a fragile mental state too. He's gonna not kill himself if I leave." Yeah. So it's interesting. Or did what he just? Think, I was just thinking, did he want her to just stay there for that night so he ha- could have her to do the things that he was planning on doing? I don't think he was planning to do those things until she gives him the monologue and says, "You know, okay. you fucking killed her." <laughs> Because at that point, she still is not 100% yeah. convinced that he killed her. She just thinks it's, it was an affair. She's yeah. missing. All I know is I definitely think he staged it. I, I kind of leading towards that yeah. too. But I think it's an interesting, the director poses an interesting question to which option you, the audience wants to go with. I, I almost think that he staged, he, I definitely think he staged it. But I think his reasons are a little different. I think he wanted her to... Um. I think he, at this point, he thought the best course of action was to play into the whole haunting. Mm. Because at this point, this is where he starts to, like, believe her afterwards. 
he tries to convince her on the dock like it was an accident or not on the dock. I don't remember what scene it was. Remember he like he's like repeat it to me, repeat it to me. She's right, like I right. have to go lay down. And once she goes and lays down, then he calls the paranormal uh, guy, the paranormal who are you gonna call yeah. guy? <laughs> That's funny. Ghostbusters. Um, so I think he did that on purpose to play into that so he can flip the switch and be this good husband who believes her. I, I don't know how you feel if you think that's, that's plausible. interesting too. Yeah. I think any of these are plausible if I'm being honest. But that's the that's also the point cuz you know, Yeah, well that's why sometimes I hate movies cuz I need an answer. That's why I love movies. <laughs> yeah. So well, this is why we yeah. have this outlet to talk about it so you can come Clearly we could all more. have different yeah. opinions on this scene and I think yeah. you know to some effect we do. Um so after this is pretty much yeah, this is what this is what I was talking about, where it yeah. kind of switches to his POV, I think. Yes. And we get the phone call. Uh, he's trying to figure things out. And then we see that she goes um, walking out to the dock. Yes. And he goes she and confronts her. Yeah. She doesn't jump. Uh, so this is what I wanted to ask. She gets pulled, in my opinion. I thought she dove. Because yeah, but, she's uh, got the locket in her oh, hand. Oh, yeah. It could, be Madison. Madison it could be Madison. Madison pulls yeah, her. That's true. Because the way she's torpedoing to the bottom of the water, it looks like she's being pulled by some force. Right, because this is so where that's she how finds I the uh, interpreted. She it. gets the necklace, yeah. right, in the scene. Yeah, the the box. The okay. um, yeah, the, the box. box. She finds the box, but she doesn't pull it up right away. She did, right. she goes back later. Yeah, we never talked about the key. Did we ever talk about the no, key? No, we didn't. But the key's also very uh, vital. <laughs> crucial. Yeah, because at this point, um, he saves her, and then they burn the locket, and um. Norman thinks like, all right, this is behind us because Claire uh, thinks that they got rid of the ghost by burning the locket. She says like, uh, she's not here anymore, so we're good. And Norman's like, oh, cool. Like, all right, we can move on. So this is where they go sailing, I think. We're on the boat and she confronts him about the town that Jody saw him in with the mistress. Uh, right. like Adamant, I think it's called. Yes. The yes. town of Adamant. Oh, good call. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched it today again. Oh, okay. so it's yeah. But uh and this is uh this is where the key comes into play. Right. Um because then she, she goes on her own to Adamant after he says that he'd never been there. Which I kinda agree with him. Um because like if if like I put myself in his shoes, like she doesn't want to hear about like all the things I did with my mistress. So like it's kinda like a white lie in that scene Ugh. to me. Like, w would you want to hear about, like, oh, yeah, I was inanimate with uh, Madison for a few months, and uh, that's where I gave her this locket, you know? It kind of makes sense why he lied, you know? Right. Even if he's not a murderer, and, like, in that scene, it kind of made sense. I don't, I don't know. So we should say before we get to the big reveal that he does tell her that an unstable Madison confronted him yeah. when he ended the affair. But he denies killing her. He doesn't know. Yeah. This is how this is his explanation of why she's haunting, I right. guess, the house and Claire. Yeah, because right. she's jealous and and all that. Yeah, right. that's a good. Yeah, good, good, good on you to point that out. But, but um, yeah, she. Yeah. I wanted to talk about when she goes to Adamant because then she sees the um, the uh, the box, the same in necklace, the window, right? The same necklace from like two years ago. I guess they don't like rotate their inventory that often. <laughs> it's an antique shop. It's an antique yeah. shop. <laughs> But they have multiples of the same, so right. it's not really that antique-y, <laughs> you know. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so she unlocks the box with the key she found in Norman's office. Well, let's talk about this scene. So that this is nighttime, right? 
how do you feel about this whole sequence? Because this is another scene where I'm screaming at Claire, like, what the fuck are you doing? This, uh, I, I'm not a fan of Claire in this scene. How, how do you oh, feel really? about this? I yeah. She waits so till determined. nighttime while he's sleeping. Dude, lady, lady, well, like he's never she... home during the day. Wait till the daytime. But like, isn't he, and then no, but brings... isn't he home? Isn't he home because of that, what happened to him? Isn't he, isn't he home that all that time? He might be, but I, I don't know. I think that was like, you really do it at nighttime and then you bring the box back inside the house. Why not open it outside? Why, why do you have to bring it inside? I was like, oh, you're just begging to be caught. I don't really feel bad for in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> I think because I've watched she wants too to many movies. She wants to confront him. She oh, wants yeah, to know well, the I mean, truth. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I see your point too. But to me, I'm just like, yeah, girl, get to the bottom of this shit. Me knowing I'm watching a horror movie, yeah, I guess yeah, I kind of yeah. overanalyze you it. You knowing yeah. you from your perspective is different from her perspective. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I love when she confronts him. Oh, but then, so then he gives another story. He says, you know, I came home, and she killed herself. And in desperation, he pushed her car in the lake because, you know, it would look bad. So he's still lying to the very end. I want to hear a woman's perspective on this scene and how you felt because I have my feelings on this monologue. And I want to hear what you were feeling. So like when he explains what happened? Yeah. Well, not what actually happened. His last gaslighting attempt. That she killed herself. Well, I feel like... At that rate, my heart rate would probably be so fucking through the roof <laughs> that I probably wouldn't listen to anything that he said. And I would take Cooper and just fucking leave at that point. Poor Cooper. And that's about it. I, I don't know. I yeah. just, I wouldn't believe anything from, I feel like my coming, yeah. my realization and probably revelation would be much earlier than hers with just who he is. But again, that's me saying it. From my perspective, I don't know what I would yeah. be like in her shoes, but still, I understand every single decision that she made, like even why she did open the box in the house, just because she needed to find out. And at that rate, I don't think she was really worried about his reactions anymore. She wanted to face him. Yeah. And also, I do think it's so like he's saying, I didn't kill her. She killed herself, but I still hid the body and all the evidence and put it in the fucking lake. Like, that's still bad. That's really yeah. bad. Oh, yeah. To admit oh, yeah. that, I would. Like, I would still bad. <laughs> I would be afraid for my life in that situation. Oh, yeah. So because you know he's capable. Yeah. Even yeah. you don't even know the full extent what he's capable of yet. But he, if he's capable of doing that, like he's capable of doing a lot. And the next scene really infuriates me when she says, "Um, you know, you have to call the police, and you we need her body. Like they need to recover her body." And then he does that with the phone. He's like, "All right, I'll call the police." Oh. But you know he doesn't. He dials four one one instead. <laughs> and but I will say, Nolan, you said she was dumb. This scene, she's smart. She checks right away. But this also leads to her getting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. I still think she's dumb because um, going back to his whole monologue, the whole time I'm just rolling my eyes. I'm like, this guy is full of shit. Yeah. There is no way she believes him. And I think in that moment, she not. It's not that she fully believes him, but she gives him an opportunity to prove himself by Agreed. calling the police. Whereas I would have done it myself. I would have been like, you're full of shit. I don't care if you are telling the truth. I'm taking control of this situation and I'm calling the police. But she gives him the benefit of the doubt and lets him make the call. So in a way, she is trusting him, sort of, even if it's just a little bit. And she doesn't. Know. 
She doesn't check the phone right away. She she goes past it and then. Well, no, she can't. I hate I hate <laughs> those scenes because it's like they walk so slow. It's like, dude, just check the phone. Why does it take you so long to check a phone? It's so annoying. I don't know but what people you would say purposeful. to that. That's I agree with that, Nolan. But I also think you can speak on this, Bean. I think she wants him to take accountability himself. Yeah, but at this point, before you go, Peen, I, I'm done with him. Like, I, like yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I was done with no him more... fucking halfway through the movie, man. There's no saving this relationship. Like, no, I'm calling the police myself. Yeah. I would say I would give him the benefit of the doubt if there were no suicides or deaths in the mix. I would give him the okay. benefit of the doubt and let him do whatever he's got to do. But I think this is too far. I don't think yeah. I would allow him to do any of this. I think I would take the phone call. But to be fair and play devil's advocate, I would also be thinking in that moment, what if I did call the cops there? What is he going to do to me? Because yeah, I'm doing that right in front of him. Uh, I don't know. I would be weary and go slow and look at the phone later on, though, because I would lock myself okay. in the bathroom and do that later. I, I see your point, but I think she takes the middle road. I think she could have done one or the other. She could have <laughs> called herself or pretended to believe him and say, I okay. believe you and I forgive you and play the complete opposite way to play the middle and be like, <laughs> uh, I believe you like you call like prove to me. I don't know if that was the right yeah. thing to do. I will say, because yeah. because he says he's pleading with her. He's like, please. She's like, what do you want me to Pathetic do? And he's too, like, right? I want. Yeah. yeah, I know. He's like, I want you to forgive me. And there's that long dramatic pause, and then she's finally like, we have to tell people. So she does, you know, she yeah. stands her ground. Stand, she's not that scared of him because she does stand her ground and say, no, we have to call the cops. So I think to your point. um, she was a little bit afraid, but if she was afraid, she should have like rolled with it completely. Yeah. And said, like, oh, you know, like I, you know, give in to him complete and then right. later on maybe call the cops. Fair. Yeah. She, I mean it's easy to nitpick. She's suspicious. You know, but when once she looks at that phone and she sees she switches to terrified. Oh, I love that. Terror. Shot. Oh my great. gosh. She's she's yeah. she's literally like like she's shaking. <laughs> and then and then he's behind her. It's oh, fucking it's great. Oh, when, yeah. And he just you know, gets her with the drugs her. Before we get to yeah. that, though, I want to just go back really quick. I would, I just thought of something in my head. Even before okay. he says about her killing herself when he's trying to get the last ditch effort, even when he goes and says, we had an affair, but I'm not, I don't know what happened to her, she's missing. I would have been like, okay, so then you're not giving the FBI and the police any info to find her. Even then, like you're not, yeah. in, you're not aiding an investigation because if she's yeah. missing, before we even trying find to preserve out. his life. Right. Yeah. So even That's then even he's selfish yeah. because he's not trying to help to find this woman. So I, if I was yeah. his wife, I'd been like, you're still fucked up. Even if you just had an affair with her, because this girl's missing, you could help the investigators find her. So just, I would just wanted to throw that in. He's still an asshole. Like everything he's trying to do to save himself is just digging himself a bigger hole and just showing how much of an asshole he is. Asshole's not even the right term. He's like, yeah, he's more horrible. than that. Narcissistic. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. I love this scene when he drugs her. It's I get goosebumps because it's scary. He's that look on, and I keep giving kudos to Michelle Pfeiffer with the look on his face when he does that. You're like, oh fuck, this guy's not fucking around anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's scary. It's very scary. Um, and then he obviously admits to murder, murdering Madison when she threatened to expose their affair. So that's you know when he finally admits oh, it, is... coward. He admits it after he drugs her. Coward. I know this is Coward. such a cliche monologue where he's 
taking her to the tub and he's like yes. i did this because i love you he's trying to play the yeah. victim still it's oh. like dude like stop it please we don't feel bad again for he's he's a good villain man i don't i, I don't that's why really I, that's why i hated really him that is why i hated him <laughs> And I love the shot of him. I love how you mentioned. I love the shot of him carrying her. It's just I don't know. It's so it's so classic. This is what I keep going back to Hitchcock. It's such a classical shot. I know you said mm-hmm. cliche, which it is, but to me, it's just classic vibes, like classic horror suspense mm-hmm. vibes of him placing her in the tub. I just want to mention this really quick because I don't know if we did, but the I'm not going to call it on, the drug that he drugged her with. He was doing mm-hmm. research on it, and it was oh. meant for them to be awake and aware of things around them but paralyzed so he wanted her to be awake and aware of her being Ugh. in the bathtub just not able so that to makes move. it even worse yeah that makes him even more of a psycho yeah mm-hmm. and again we'll get to michelle pfeiffer in this next thing but it is how did this not win her an award in this fucking bathtub scene it's fucking her eye yeah. acting stop just like, because like that's why i don't like it so, and then like when you so good when you see her yeah. little toes trying to get the thing oh, out you just want it to it's go it's so hard to watch it's so as, it's a, as a cluster myself scene. yes yeah i cannot get through this scene without looking away it's yeah. really bad so his plan so is well to fill that. up the water and obviously she's going to drown because she's paralyzed yeah. Um, and that's so, so fucked up. Like, it's like, dude, so, just do it. Like, he lets her, like, watch the water level right. just go on. Right. Oh. And, and then Co- poor Cooper is oh, whining because he knows horrible. something's wrong. Oh, so actually, Pina, was so, we were talking earlier. She's like, wait, yeah, the dog doesn't die. I'm like, no, he's safe. But I, when I rewatched it, it's so sad because he runs, like, yeah. Nolan just he runs up to the tub and he's oh, whining because he's concerned for her. And I then <laughs> Spencer just grabs him. He's like, Cooper, let's I go. Know. And he like blocks yeah. him away. Let's find your oh. ball. Yeah. Wait, when, just really quick, when do we do our never split up moments? Uh, at the end, after, we, after at, before okay. we give our rating. Okay. But I, I don't remember that scene being so like, because Cooper was, I thought Cooper just like came in to check. I'm like, what's going on? No. Yeah, he the like first cries. time too. He cries. Yeah, the second yeah. time when I watched it today, I was like, oh, he's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Good dog acting. What I he didn't have to. (laughs) What I will say though is going back to did he really love her? Because if you actually did love her at this point, why would you let her suffer and die that way? Just kill her quickly. Because he he loves himself more and he's pissed off at her for finding out. Whoever said narcissist was the correct term. In his story, she's the bad guy. Because Mm -hmm. again, that whole cliche monologue when he's carrying her, he's like, I did everything to cover everything up. I have this burden. I'm the guy who saved our lives by not telling the police you'd be, you know, a single mom again. So in his mind, he's still the protagonist and she's now the bad guy for fucking everything up. So I think that's why. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, you ruined it. So this is the only way it has to end. Like now I have to kill you so I can keep my success and my career that's all he cares about uh-huh. himself he's self but you're right it's yeah. like why torture her like yeah. that it's so messed up yeah i do think it's because he wants to make his point and he's like you know i can cause uh-huh. suffering you watch um he's a <laughs> fucker but this scene is so iconic it's so good so the bathtub's filling up and he's no mm-hmm. and he's giving his his continuing to talk to her he's like oh it's a little cold he's such a fucking asshole but he keeps talking and he's like oh what's this and this is so perfectly directed. Again, Robert Zemeckis, like, oh, he's so good. So he lifts her up to take the necklace off. And when he lifts her back, boom, you get like, but you don't just get Madison's face. You get like the deadly look in Madison's face. And he fucking jumps back and he freaks out and he like knocks himself out in the sink. 
because he slams his head, gets all bloodied up. And I love the shot when he goes down. And all she, all poor Claire can do is just watch. She can't do anything. And I love when he kind of pops back up and puts his hands over the tub. Again, another throwback to Psycho when Janet Lee is slowly going down. You know, I love that shit. So he pops up and does that. Nerd. <laughs> but then uh, we get this scene when sh- this is, to me, the most excruciating and suspenseful and nerve-wracking scene when she's bathtub's filling up and she can't get out. She can't move. I I get I chills. I've seen this movie endless times. I, I can't get yeah. over it. I can't get over I it. I know. You know what happens, but you still it's still hard to yes. get through. Yeah. This is when you know that the suspense, this is so a good. masterpiece of suspense, this movie, specifically this scene. Um, so she does, she's trying to move, trying to move, but she's trying to pull that thing, pull the drain with her toes, and she finally is able to slam her like heel a little bit, and that does the trick. Um, but then we don't even know that he's not on the floor. He crawled out of the room because you see the bloody, the blood's dripping out yeah. on the room. Like a ninja. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> so like good. army crawled, I guess. So she gets out and I, she's actually, I know she has a couple, maybe a couple of dumb moments. I don't think she does, but I love how she grabs the broken mirror key so she can look out the door and see. That's smart. I would have never thought about that in her situation. I would have never thought to do that. Um, so she can see in the hallway. But then, uh, you know, she, this is a kind of, I can get this dumb moment. When she goes to the steps and she sees him, she fucking screams. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to wake him up. (laughs) So uh, she goes down, and this is, again, another great scene when she goes down the stairs and she knows that he has the keys to the car. And she's trying to grab it, but she can't. The phone. She's trying to grab the phone. She's trying to grab the phone. Oh, yeah, and the keys, because the keys are in the fucking... Whatever the, the key, yeah, the key, the bowl, exactly. I hate so, this scene. Oh, I love this scene. She's so <laughs> stupid. I I hate when characters. I know it's I very it. typical for to build it. suspense, but I it's like it. it's scary. Just grab the phone. Like, stop being so slow She's about like, it. Uh, like, uh, just do one well, quick motion and run. Is she it's still? Hooked on, it's hooked on something though. He, she can't. It's hooked on whatever. Like, she's having issues getting it. I think it's just because of the weight. It's 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 pinned underneath him. Yeah, so he's face down. To, he's face down. Yeah. So. Also, is she still trying to get out of the drug yes, state? Yes, 100%. Okay. She's not fully, like, she's not mobile to the point um, where she can sprint. She's, she's like, no. she's like Pro- clumsy. Um, I would say she's pretty much 100% because <laughs> they say they say the drug um, wears off in three to five minutes. So I feel like okay. that five minute time. I definitely... think once she got into the car, she was fully, but you can tell when she was like kind of like walking, she was like, my old girl, don't fall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that whole scene where she goes backwards onto the steps. I think she's going to trip every time. Yes. She makes the, yes. the step perfectly. I'm like, yes. okay, well, she's got it. He's got but, it. But uh, <laughs> I love when she grabs the phone and she gets the keys and she moves, his eye just opens. It's so yeah. eerie. So eerie. Again, what a great shot. So she gets into the car. Well, I mean, poor Cooper stays at the house, but whatever. <laughs> so I know. She gets into the car. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Adrenaline. She'll come back from. She'll come back. You but, wouldn't uh, do that. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I would take my dog. <laughs> but, uh, she gets in the car and she drives away. But I love that she she's looking in the rearview mirror. And we, I mean, we all know. But I love how it's shot where first you see the door swinging. And then you see the chair swinging. So it's I'm like, oh, you don't ever see him. Again, it's so smart. It's, yeah. We know he's in that oh, fucking yeah. boat. We know. Oh, but yeah. they don't show it. They don't show it. And they just see, like, the shoe is, like, falls from underneath when she's driving. And this comes yeah, into where'd play. The, yeah, that was, that, I, where'd the shoe come from? That was a weird choice for the director yeah how did the it, shoe get in the boat it was a weird 
don't know, but did he have I shoes never, on? I when never he brought up. Did he have shoes on? Oh, did I thought that was the bloody shoe. Um, am I not? Oh, I thought it was his shoe. Remembering that correctly? Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was the bloody shoe from earlier, the neighbor's shoe. No, I don't think. It looked I mean, like I it. don't know. Oh, That's okay. interesting. Though, it's too. just a regular shoe. Okay. <laughs> Maybe like I, we don't I, have, we don't we use all of our budget on the actors, but let's just use the same shoe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. this is when the scene comes into play where she had she's good. She has the dial the number prepped, but she places yeah. it on the dashboard because you can't get reception. This is two thousand. You can't get reception until you're halfway across the bridge. Um, and I just love how you know once she gets reception, she's it dials. But then we get the flash of the lightning and there's nothing there. And then you get the flash again. He's behind her. It's a pickup truck. So he smashes the pickup truck and she's trying to scream to the cop. She's like, you know, I'm at the bridge. I'm at the bridge. And then we see Madison pop up, her ghostly figure pop up in the middle of the road. And that causes them to crash in the lake. And this scene is just, oh, talk about uh, woman empowerment at the end. But it's so good because I love how what is whatever like from the boat like crashes into the car. A pole. I'm just gonna call it a pole. Mast, I don't know what the yeah. correct term is, but it yeah, goes down and it go. We see the car that he put in the lake for Madison is below them, and it wakes up. You know, wakes her up, and she comes up. She comes up evil and creepy, and she helps. I love also love the scene where Spencer. He's like he's so creepy the way he like pushes her head down to drown her. It's so he's like shh. And he pushes her down slowly again. Harrison Ford. I don't think he gets enough credit for this movie. He's really good. He's mm-hmm. evil. But he does that and then um Madison comes to save her. And she uh he's caught in like a seat. I don't know, he's caught in the car. He's trapped. So she holds him down. So he and we see he, we get the catharsis of seeing him drown and die. And she escapes, obviously, Claire. And I do love I don't know how you guys feel about this scene, what you take out of it, but after Madison kills Spencer, before she goes back down, she turns into like her true self, and I think that's because her spirit can finally be free. You know, justice has been served. Yeah. So she can go rest in peace. I love it. It might yeah. be corny to some people. I personally love it. Well, I I just think it's a full circle moment. Yeah. So I like it too. And she does smile too. She's like, yeah, we got him. Yeah, I fucked you up, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It could be corny to some people. But I, I I adore it. I think it's confirmation. Yeah. Like there's no ambiguity ambiguity that there was a ghost and there was a force right. and that was medicine Madison. Um how did you feel about the whole ending sequence, uh, Peen? Like the whole car chase sort of and with the trailer and well how I Yeah, God. I just think we could have ended in the house. That's my opinion. I wish that she got the satisfaction of killing him herself. Uh I don't really like okay. I just feel like it was just a lot of extra. I didn't like the chase scene in the car. I like an yeah. ending moment at the house with the puppy. Okay. It's funny you say that because watching this movie, one of my uh, – it's a long movie. It's over two hours, two yeah. hours and ten minutes, which is a pretty long movie for for a thriller movie. But um, I, I don't mind the length because you're going on this journey with Claire. There's so many different you know, twists and turns. But the ending does feel a bit drawn out for me. I feel like it could have mm. ended like three or four times. And it keeps going, which is fine because it keeps going and it's still good. Like it never like, you know, craps the bed. But I do kind of agree with you. I think it could have ended and wrapped up a little bit quicker. Um, I do like the sequence itself, though, like with the car. I I do think that was cool. I actually um, did you pick up on 
in that moment, uh, Norman is accepting his fate. He wants to die with Claire because he knows he's trapped in the car. His leg is pinned. And he's, when he does like the, the shush mm-hmm. um, and he puts her under, he's underwater too. So I think that's his way of saying like we're dying together. I think Did he wants to get, get the satisfaction of killing her first though. Yeah. I, but opinion, I think he yeah. was accepting that he was dead mm-hmm. too. And I, I don't I think, think he was going to try to escape. Interesting. I think in the back of my head, he's he, like, I'll get out of this. I can get out of anything. Really? Because he's head. pulling her under, but he's underwater too. So I think it was m- more of him being like, we're dying yeah, together. I can see that too. But yeah, the back of my head, I'm like, this guy's such an asshole. Way. He yeah. thinks in his own conceited way that he's going to somehow right. get out of this and get away with everything. Right. Well, he knew he was pinned in the car, and he was so calm and methodical about it. It's almost like he accepted his fate. Mm-hmm. He just wanted Claire to accept that they're going to die together because they belong together, so they should die Ugh. together. Ugh. I don't, I don't know. I think that's him. how I looked at it. That's interesting. Yeah. I always looked at it, he's going to find a way to get out, and he, was, he would get out after he drowned her. Okay. Okay. But I could see both ways. Um, and I do love how we end the movie. I know you... Just to comment on what you two said... Oh, specifically yeah. peen about how you feel like it was a little dragged on and like nolan you said it's over two hours i think i haven't talked about a nitpick yet my only nitpick is that i think instead of this movie being just over two hours it could have been just under two hours but i wouldn't have trimmed anything from the third act i might have trimmed a little bit of shit like kind of in the beginning where we're trying really? to get like just a little bit of trims in the beginning oh. maybe a little okay. bit of the neighbor stuff a middle little bit of him at the office a little bit but i would not take one second away from the third act wow okay because i have the opposite i i you both like how the first couple acts are drawn out because again it's like you're going through this journey with right. claire i just think the ending was a little bit drawn out and, and it's funny you say the neighbors cutting out like again i'm talking about cutting out a minute here a minute no there. i know talking you're about saying, taking yeah. about all these scenes with the neighbors just little trims little trims that get under two hours yeah it's funny you mentioned the neighbors it's yeah. like they completely like are irrelevant in the ending of this it would have been cool to see them yeah kind of play a little minor role whether like well, mary helps her cool. out at yeah, the end exactly i was gonna say know? that yeah but we just need claire and madison but yeah, yeah i do love how it ends when she's visiting madison's grave i think that's a powerful moment too when claire's mm-hmm. her grave and paying her respects you know like we did it like you know yeah. justice was served for you and that's how it ends yeah. Well, and it shows that the mother and the family got closure too. Yes, right. Because obviously, did. after everything happened, they were able right. to un- uh, recover the body and the car, and she got a proper burial burial and stuff. Yeah. So that was pretty, yeah. pretty good closure there. Yeah, I will That's say. Cool. So you agree with? Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say the poor daughter is gonna be fucked up. <laughs> well, that's uh, not yeah. her actual dad, though. That's her stepdad. <clears throat> yeah. Huh. Yeah. True, but, but still. But still, that's still fucked up. <laughs> still. Yeah. Oh, we forgot, I forgot to mention one of my favorite lines. Actually, there's a couple lines. Uh, there's a funny line and then a fucked up line that I wrote down. The fucked up line was um, when Norman, I think when he's when he's carrying her into the tub, he's like, um, when it, remember he's like, uh, the silver lining is this will like bring me and so and so to closer together the the daughter oh, i was like oh yes. that's fucked up that is so i love that yeah, line. i don't i love it because it's yeah. so sinister yeah i love that line yeah <laughs> it's so bad but uh my favorite line of the whole movie uh going back to uh when she finds out that he had an affair uh claire goes to him you had an affair with a girl who tried to kill herself and now there's a presence in our house yeah. <laughs> i don't know why i just think I that's so that funny the way it's delivered yeah, yeah it's fucking great so good yeah. so yeah that's what lies beneath 
Awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good job, Peen, for your first uh, <laughs> review. I think we did, uh, we covered pretty much everything. Uh, the covered the themes and, you know, Norman's, uh, what he's going through and what his motives are. Um, do you have any other comments before we get into the polls and stuff? Like um, any other final thoughts? Just my final thoughts are, I still like the ending. I just don't think it needed to be as dragged out. That's all. I was okay with it. Yeah. Just wish it were a little bit shorter. Cool. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Okay, awesome. I don't, but yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, Ant. <laughs> yeah, I'm the opposite me and Pete are vibing. We're yeah. vibing on screen too. Yeah. We're, we're vibing on the end. Yeah, so we need to have her on more. <laughs> See? All right, cool. So yeah, that's Lies Beneath. Let's get into our never split up moments. We yes. will announce that Anthony somehow won <laughs> last week. I don't know how, but he narrowly won. Uh, so thanks for voting. Thanks for, you know... I guess voting for the wrong person because I think we both agree that I should have won, but that's it was the you know, obvious never the split up like, moment <laughs> yeah. of the movie. <laughs> but, but I, I think people points. appreciate the creativity of some of our moments yeah. too, so that's cool to see. But you once you get to pick the order, I guess we'll do. Yeah, I'll let um, our we'll, guests we'll, do first. Go first because we'll do, yeah. yeah, okay, cool. All right, but yeah, first yeah. I need some clarification because what exactly is a never split up moment? Like any am I moment, any dumb moment you think? Well, let's. Uh, yeah, and why don't you go over um in case we have new viewers too, like what okay. what this what this segment is about? Okay, cool. So every episode after we cover a movie, Nolan and I we each pick a never split up moment, which is pretty much what moment we think is a dumb moment in a movie or a scene where you know you're watching a horror movie and you're yelling at the screen like, "What are you doing? Don't do that. Why are you doing this?" Pretty much whatever moment we think that we would do differently, or we're like, you know, why are you doing this in this moment? Um, and then every episode, whoever wins, you know, that person gets to go first and that's how it works. So it's very basic. It's pretty much a dumb moment we think, you know, happens in the movie. So we appreciate if someone has a different moment than us, you know, let us know what your never split up moment is. You know, if you don't want to vote for one of ours, comment what yours is. So yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. Anything that you yeah. think was dumb that happened in the movie. Pretty yeah, much. It could be anything too. It could be the bad guy. It, it doesn't have to be the protagonist. Protagonist, it be, antagonist. Yeah. It could be something that doesn't have anything to do with the main plot. You just want to call out. It could be literally anything. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, shit. I don't know. My never split up moment is just like I was literally taking it for literal. Like I didn't want the dog and her to get split up. Like that was my thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like she didn't leave with the dog at the end. Yeah, I think she should have left with the puppy. But then again, okay, she then he would have gotten in that. Yeah, little... He would have drowned. He would have yeah. been done. So then... <laughs> mm, yeah, true. Unless he was in the the, the flatbed. Yeah, he could have swam ashore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. know, guys. I need help. Stupid moment. This movie is a weird so one. There's, there's also, no, it's not a slasher um, movie, so it's kind of hard. It's yeah. tough, but I have a few moments. So there's no moments um, where you're, you're like yelling at the character to do something different. You kind of... I, w- I wouldn't say to do something different. Just the only part that I was yelling at was the stupid bathtub scene, but she couldn't have done anything different. Like she, mm, You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. You guys go first. So do you want to go with the dog? Yeah, I'll go. Or with, do you want to go last? I'll okay. go with the dog. Just go with the dog, and then you guys do okay. the, do the hard okay. work. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Go I'm, ahead, Ant. You I'm, thinking, I'm still yeah. brainstorming a little bit because uh, mine are pretty stupid too. Um, because like I've been saying throughout the whole movie, I always look. I'm a protagonist guy. I always look at it through their lens, and I think for the most part, she's a pretty 
capable and smart lead. Um, mm-hmm. I might go with. Okay. I think I'm gonna go with one that is just a random. I was gonna go with what she did after the dog went missing and she didn't try. To <laughs> <find> <laughs> yeah. But you two with the dog. I'll try to do something a little bit more to do with the plot of the movie. I'm gonna go with yeah. after she goes to Jody. And Jody confesses to her that she knew. When Claire mm. tells her she's going back to the house to confront Norman, I don't know why Jody didn't go with her to have her back. Like she just left her friend hanging after she's in this clear state of almost paranoia. Like, so she didn't help her a year not help her. She didn't talk to her a year ago when Jody knew what was going on. And now again she's leaving her to do this by herself again. And go confront her, for lack of a better term, her monster. And she's not going with her to help her. So that's mine. Because mm, I really okay. don't want to say anything bad about Claire. <laughs> <laughs> I The only defense is I don't think Claire would let her come. I, I think Claire wanted to too. do that on her own. But so, even if she followed her and like waited in the car like just to make sure shit was going okay in the house, like do something. Don't just do nothing. That's yeah. my only, that's my little blurb. Because again, you know, I think my girl Claire, she... You know, she held her own shit for the most part. She did. I'm going to go with Claire, though. <laughs> and um, it. it's funny because it's an inconsequential uh, moment, I guess, because it's in the beginning of the movie. I'm going to go with the fact that she never calls the cops on the neighbor. Oh, and it turns out the neighbor is innocent. But who knows? She could have find, found that out sooner and could have put pieces together sooner. So I'm going to go that she never trusts and i i understand the explanation um i think uh, you guys did a good job of explaining why she didn't and how she's being gaslit but in the moment watching that first act i'm like lady like you know you see the guy come home with plastic wrap you (laughs) she goes missing you try to go and talk to her she's missing you see the body bag you see the bloody shoe like there's so much evidence um, turns out to be circumstantial because it never actually happened. Right. Right. And I, I kind of wish we got a little bit of an explanation behind that too. Like where was Mary that whole time? You know, At her but parents, right? whatever. Yeah. Oh, really? Did yeah. they explain that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it turned out to be not the case, but in the moment I was like screaming okay. at the okay. TV, like have okay. some more conviction, call the cops. Like, what are you doing? I'm changing okay, cool. mine. So we- Claire. Claire oh, at the end is cool, though, so I can't pick nitpick her at the end. So. Well, I okay, do but... like how Nolan and I have different moments. All right, you go, Pinto. All right, so it's I am going to nitpick Claire at the end. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> what we were okay. Well, like, kind of, whenever, like, at the climax of it. Yeah. What we were talking about before, maybe she should have called the cops and not leave it up to him mm-hmm. to call the cops. I think that was a yeah. dumb moment. Okay. Yeah, that was my second moment. I almost picked that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to go with Claire trusting him to call the cops instead of uh doing it herself yes well i wouldn't use i wouldn't even use the word trusting giving him the opportunity because she clearly didn't trust him to right yeah 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 okay and then mine the whole jody of it all and yours is you know her and the neighbors not calling (laughs) it all (laughs) because i mean really she really at the end of the day i thought she was a cool girl until the end when she really didn't you know stand by her friend yeah, I never thought about that, but yeah, not only did she confess this like secret, right. she then like just is like, "All right, have fun." Good yeah. luck, girl. Shitty Good husband. Luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. That oh, those are joy. cool. I like those three moments. You know, they kind of cover the whole aspect of the movie in some ways. Yeah. 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 This is the most stressful part, though, that we're gonna get to now. Awesome. Yeah. So let's get to our 
review Score. scores. Um, you've seen the the podcast, so it's one out of ten. You ten can being uh, the highest. Ten being the highest. I have um, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> we all kind of give our criteria. It's going to be a little bit easier for her because now that we're in episode twenty three, we have all these other scores to factor in. I don't know if you think about this, Ant, but I think about it. It's like, oh, I well, did. I scored this movie this, but do I like it better than this movie? It's going to get, like, really... I know we talked about doing maybe, like, a re-score episode. I think a couple yeah. of mine have changed a little bit. Yeah. I think I yeah, was almost... Because so we vibe off each other, too, in these episodes, so I, I don't... I don't know. I just think that I have yeah. one or two movies that I definitely have a different score on. Uh, and that's the beauty of movies, too. You can, like, take little things out of them in different points of your life and stuff, and it always changes. Yeah. But uh, this isn't so. Who wants to go first? Uh, <laughs> I don't want to go first. I'll I'll go first. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just because okay. it's my first movie with you guys, okay. and I only had a couple gripes, and I don't think they were big. I would say an eight out of ten. I'm never gonna give. I don't think a ten out of ten with any of the movies. So I'll say a solid eighty percent. Okay. Cool. Eight out of ten. Awesome. Okay. Do you want me to go, Nolan, or do you want to go? It's up to you. Um, you can go. Yeah, go okay. ahead. I'll go last. So, uh, like I said, this, I mean, it's in my fucking yearbook, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite supernatural, like, horror mixed with suspense thriller of all time. It means a lot to me, and I forgot how much it did. Cause I literally watched it three times in the last week. Because I'm like, I, wow. I fucking love this movie. I Because I haven't seen it in a while, and I love going back to it. I think Michelle Pfeiffer is amazing. Harrison Ford's a creepy villain. The mystery is awesome. It's very Hitchcockian. I'm going to give it... This is an all-timer movie for me. It's a 9.6. Wow. Oh, you do decimals? 9.6. Yes. Mm, eight. Yeah, we do the, the figure scores, no. figure skating scores. Mine's a 9.6. Yeah. Because okay. 9. And because 6. it's not higher, obviously you can't get much higher, but I do think that they could have trimmed it to be just under two hours. That's the only grip I have. And it's not wow. even a grip because I still love it as is. Yeah. Yeah, that was really your only nitpick. Literally, yeah. You really didn't nitpick anything with the plot or anything. So no. 9.6, dude, that's like pretty much a perfect movie for you. Yeah, it means yeah. a lot to me. Awesome. It's a tough one. I wanted to go last because, um, you know, we talked about this in the beginning. Or I, It's not my favorite subgenre, but it does everything so well. And I understand why it's a 9.6 for you and why people who love these types of movies really put this at the top it, it i don't really have any major gripes other than it's just not my style right so and, and i don't want to knock it too much for that but i have to be honest with myself so i'm gonna give this and this is probably like the best score i'll give this type of movie so this is going to be up there for me for these types of movies i'm gonna give it um an 8.2 Good, good. 8.2. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Which is really, really high. Yeah. That's going to be like the top end for like these, these types. Of these types. If I like this subgenre more, I could easily seeing this be a nine for me because awesome. it's so good. It's so cool. Yeah. All the different PTSD and the paranormal. Like I said, usually the paranormal kind of goes away and you find out that it's all the husband and stuff at the end, but the paranormal stays there throughout the movie. And I think it's really cool. Yeah. They don't abandon it. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm the lowest. I think it also yeah. has to do with the fact that you're not one who tends to rewatch movies as Correct. often. So you don't have the same feelings as we do with these, which, you know, yeah, that's fair. That's I'm not fair. a rewatcher. 
you're a typical movie person. We're like hardcore, <laughs> like not typical. You like movies more than some people. Obviously, you don't look at yeah. my wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't rewatch these movies like me. I'm like, I'm rewatching fucking whatever for the 20,000th time. <laughs> well, I don't do that. We talked about this. I don't do that a lot either. I'm not a huge yeah. rewatcher either. I don't uh, like binge franchises the way you do yeah. over a weekend. So. Well, okay. Also, in my defense, I do feel like if I were allowed to watch these movies in my apartment, I would be able to. I'm (laughs) not allowed to. Yeah, and rewatchability is a huge factor in my ratings too, guys. So that if that you know gives you a little insight to some of my ratings. Yeah. Cool. I think that maybe is um, my main reason I don't like that too, because the rewatchability for these types of movies, knowing everything. You can only watch it so many times before you kind of pick up on all the breadcrumbs and you kind of figure everything out. The reason this is at the top end is because of those performances, I think. Harrison mm-hmm. Ford and Michelle Fiverr just fucking kill it. So, yeah. All right, awesome. Cool. All right. It was a great episode, guys. Um, that is episode 23, right? I, I keep getting uh, confused. Yeah, yeah. 23? Um. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NeverSplitUpPod. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for watching on YouTube. Please subscribe to our YouTube and vote in the poll. Now we have three options because we got uh, Peen in on this. So, Peen, your final was the call, right? Correct. The, the phone call? Yes. She switched? Okay. And cool. uh, do you want to maybe give a hint of when you'll be back? What movie you'll be back for? I have to give a hint. Well, no, you can oh, say no, it. Oh, no, just, yeah, oh, make, say make it. it. Yeah. Make Teasing. the announcement. Okay. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll do this a little bit later on. It won't be, like, right away. But, yeah, uh, in a few months or there's something. There's another movie that you want to come on for, so why don't you yeah. announce that? So I definitely want to be on for The Exorcism of Emily Rose. That's another uh, big movie. I think that's a part of both mine and my brother's lives. So I think I'd be yes. good to hop on again. Yes, and we'll filter cool. more in throughout, you know, after that, too. We haven't done an exorcism movie, have we, Ant? Oh, this is so, also, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. This is also our first, I wanted to say this in the beginning. This is our first PG-13 horror movie. Uh, and this is the okay. argument that goes towards horror movies don't have to be rated R. It's about the story and the atmosphere. You don't need blood and guts in a type of movie like this. I do also subscribe to the argument that slash movies should always be rated R. So I will say that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you don't horror does not need to be R. You just need a good story and atmosphere. Look at how well I mean this movie did its job, you know. You don't need, you know, nonstop F bombs and blood and sex. You just need a good story and this is succeeds at it. So PG thirteen horror can be good people. So I just wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I think Krampus was PG thirteen. Oh yeah, yeah, too. you're right. Yeah, I, it's okay if you forgot about Krampus. I Not did. many people listen to that episode, unfortunately. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's like one of our thing. lower like, ones. Krampus yeah. is awesome and it's PG 13. So, again, like, don't yeah. talk down to PG 13 horror people. Yeah. This is our second. You're right. This is our second. So, like I said, we've yeah. done mostly R rated, which makes sense. Yeah, but you're right. That's it could cool. be PG 13 is awesome too, people. Cool. All right. Awesome. Um, I don't think we have. Uh, so, I'll make the announcement that we are taking a week off. So we'll see you guys back in two weeks. We don't have a movie picked out yet, but that's why it's important to follow our social media channels. So uh, we'll make that announcement when we figure it out. It'll probably be another movie review, but we're looking at doing something special for our 25th episode. So look out for that as well. We, we, We might do a cool episode. Maybe we'll do a revisit on our rankings or something cool like that, but... Definitely look out for that. And um, I think this went well, Ant, um, having a guest on. Thank you, Peen, so much. 
Justina, Peen, whatever you want to call her. Sorry (laughs) if you get offended by that. I've I've lived 28 years with it, so it's okay. (laughs) But thank you. uh, Thank you so much. You did great. Uh, We can't wait to have more guests on. Uh, I know we have a couple more lined up. Um, You guys have heard about my fiance, Jackie. She wants to come on. Uh, My brother, who had a big influence on me, he'll probably come on. But uh, yeah, this was great. So thanks, everyone. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.